0: or other use of this broadcast or podcast without the express written consent of Spaced Out Radio or Spaced Out Radio Limited is strictly prohibited. Listener discretion is advised. the mountains of british columbia to you listening around the world this is spaced out radio with host dave scott you can follow us on our website spacedoutradio.com on itunes and tune in follow dave on twitter at spaced out radio on Facebook at Spaced Out Radio Show, or on our YouTube channel, Spaced Out Radio Show.
1: Are you playing with Bigfoot and aliens again? Uh dad, you gotta stop haunting the goats. It's scaring
2: them. Alright, seriously, put down the pointy sticks. Oh, the
3: okay! Game on!
4: Game on! Game on! <laughs>
0: Where it is.
5: All right, all right, all right.
0: Buckle up, space travelers. It's time to go for a ride on Spaced Out Radio. Mr. Bumblefoot, Dave is ready for liftoff.
3: Seriously,
1: Dave? Really? Aren't you a little old for a tinfoil hat? I am. Maybe
5: you bye get see to on start 2 1 Boost
3: ignition and lift
2: Good evening and welcome to Spaced Out Radio tonight. I am your host, Dave Scott. It's great to have you along for the ride on this Friday, June 16th, Saturday, June 17th. If you're on the East Coast or across the pod, hope you had a great day, evening, and night. We are live right here in the Great White North on top of the mountains of Central British Columbia as we are here seven days a week. It's weird looking outside at 9 o'clock and still seeing the sun shining. Let's welcome in everyone listening in on our terrestrial radio stations. WQEE 99 Rock the Key down in Noonan, Georgia, home of the Walking Dead. We are live as well on the United Public Radio Network on 107.7 FM in New Orleans and over 160 countries around the world. We're also live at spacedoutradio.com, Spreaker, KTLK, The Fringe FM, Renegade Talk Radio out of Las Vegas. And if you're listening in on Revolution Radio, remember the Double R Machine is a donation station financed by you, the valued listeners. Head on over to freedomslips.com and donate today. If you like our music, get your horns up for the guitar god himself, Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal. Formerly of Guns N' Roses, currently of Art of Anarchy, Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio. You can also follow us all over social media on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio. Give our Facebook page a like, Spaced Out Radio Show. On Instagram, you can follow me at Dave Scott, SOR. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Spaced Out Radio Show. Tune us in on TuneIn. Download our shows from iTunes. We're also on RadioGuide.fm, Player.fm, Talk Stream Live, and Stitcher. Our website is spacedoutradio.com, and if you go over to patreon.com for as low as a dollar a month, you can become a member of the Spaced Out Radio crowd as well. Now, if you want to take part in this show, you have to do me a favor. You have to sign into one of our chat rooms by going on our website, clicking on Listen Live, go on Revolution Radio, Spreaker, the UPRN chat room, or you could join the Facebook group, the SOR Space Travelers Club. Or if you go on Twitter, just use the hashtag SpacedOutRadio. I will get to your questions and comments in there as well. So let's connect. Now, if you head to our website for five bucks a month, you can become an official member of the SOR Space Travelers Club. You can also head to a SpacedOutRadio store, pick up a t shirt, poster, stickers. And if you have a weekend getaway plan for the fall, come on up to the first annual SpacedOutRadio Caribou Paracon. September 29th to October 1st in beautiful 108-mile Ranch, British Columbia, being held at the Spruce Hills Spa and Resort until July 31st. We are knocking 10% off those VIP tickets that you could get in our store. Also on our website, you can read up on everything paranormal with the encounter online, our news section put together by Eric Markham and Everett Themer. My blog is in there as well. And if you've had an experience you can't explain, fill out an SOR Sightlines Report. We've been doing a lot of shows this week on conspiracy, and this time we are stepping into the dark-natured world of ufology, where stories and evidence alike are skewed in such a way where most of us don't know where to turn on what's real and what's just fallacy. Author Robert Collins is one of those people who continues to seek the truth when it comes to UFOs and the cover-ups that follow. Collins was a career Air Force serviceman serving in the field of avionics, ground communications, engineering physics, and intelligence. After 22 years, he packed it in and decided to pursue the subject of UFOs full-time. In his many adventures within the Air Force, he was turned out turned on to the world of UFOs in 1985. After performing some research, he concluded the government UFO cover-up was real and went to Great Lakes to uncover what they were covering up, which has spanned over 60 years. Robert Collins, your second appearance on Spaced Out Radio. How are you doing, my friend?
6: Uh, Well, it's late night for me, and uh, as I mentioned before, I've had a little yogurt, so I'm kind of sleepy right now, but I'll live. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, I know the feeling. I know the feeling. You know, maybe with me, it's not yogurt. It's these damn sixteen-hour days that I put in five days a week. You know, all to live the pipe dream well, of what we call spaced-out radio here. Well, good for you. I, I didn't want. To, I don't want to join you. <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all because sometimes it's kind of like, what do I do? What am I supposed to do? I'm kind of tired, I need sleep, but i got a show to do. i got 140,000 people that need their SOR fix on a nightly basis. Much like you have readers who need their new book from you on a weekly, maybe nightly basis, however long it takes them to read it. So what else is new? We haven't literally talked since 2015 when you were last on the show.
6: Well, it's uh, between... uh... My problems with Rick Doty, and uh, I'm, I assist, right now I've been assisting John Edmonds uh, at the Stardust Ranch in Arizona. He's had a lot of uh, critter problems. I've had critter problems here. I've had things in my house and doing things, and he's had that, uh, about uh, about 100 times more activity than I have. So between those two, um, I guess mentally or otherwise, I'm pretty busy.
2: Yes, John
6: and I have actually
2: been communicating on Facebook a little bit, and we're trying to get him on the show because it's incredible the amount of action that is happening there. But before we get into that, I I want our audience to re-know who you are. And you spent 22 years in the United States Air Force, and when you retired, you got the UFO bug, and you wanted to, to make that a career. Why such... A change from the the strictness and the discipline of the military to go into the field of ufology.
6: Oh, I it, I don't know. It's uh, like an obsession, like anything else in life. You you're obsessed with a subject and uh, you stick by it. And uh, I'm pretty persistent, and I don't let up, and I keep at it, and uh, always finding new things to. Uh, to talk about, or to discover, or or to update uh, an existing book, and new things are coming or do come along, I should say. And uh, I work with a guy called Tim Cooper, and he's been submitting FOIA requests to the CIA, and now he has uh, he uh, discovered a whole bunch of uh, documents at the CIA that are in the uh, in the basement of the CIA uh, that all deal with documents uh, um that uh, what the they won't release uh, the uh, CIA i'm trying to I'm trying to backtrack on this stuff right now uh because this is a lot of the stuff that's been going on, and I have to try to re reorient uh, myself um, so he's he's found these uh one of them was uh was called Project Prophecy, and it's a highly classified t s code word. And uh, he located it, tracked it down. In fact, he knew where it was, and the CIA didn't. And when he tried to get the CIA to release it, uh, they agreed, and then all of a sudden they said no, they weren't going to release it. He did that with four other CIA documents, all dealing with the historical backgrounds on the UFOs and the history going all the way back to the 1950s. And on each count, each the other four counts, The CIA was going to release them, and then they decided not to. So uh, Tim was going through the the wall uh, trying to get this stuff, and he couldn't. So we know the government has classified, official classified documents on the UFO subject, and they won't release them.
3: Mm.
2: Does that get frustrating as a writer? Because you're one of those writers, Robert, who presses for that truthful information you know i mean the big thing in the field of ufology right now is the big debate regarding disclosure and what is real and what is not there seems to be a lot of disinformation out there but you're one who goes for the purity of the story how frustrating is that knowing that the documents are sitting right there you know they're there but you just can't get their hands, your hands on them
6: well, it's it's uh, actually uh, it's the people I work with. Uh, Tim Cooper is one of those people, and I have one person in in a, in a whole group of people I work with. Uh, each one does a certain thing. They all have a certain thing they do. Like on Wright pan I've got a civil engineering contact who knows that base inside out. He's retired now, and he can tell you for uh, for sure, like I can, based on the evidence. Those volts are there, but they're just not active. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have other sources I deal with. I'm uh, uh, all of them, all of them, uh, well qualified in important positions uh, uh, with engineering or scientific backgrounds. I had uh, have Ron Pandolfi in in Washington D.C. at the Directorate of National Intelligence, who supports me. I've had a I have key people that give me support and give me information and that's the way it's been for 20 years. And I don't deal with just anybody and uh uh who thinks they might have something and but I try to deal with the best qualified people I can find.
2: When you are searching for that information, how do you know when you have your Hands on a honeypot of truth.
6: Oh well you at any any piece of information you cross check it with three or four other sources. That that's a given.
2: No, and I and I can understand that, but has anything ever come across your desk where you're like, Well, this is crap, this is BS, oh I got something here. I gotta check
6: this with my sources. How does that work for you? Uh, just what I do. I check it with the sources. Spend spent a lot of time on the phone, starting back in the uh, back in the 80s till now, uh, with different sources and different contexts. And you just be, you're putting the pieces of the puzzle together. You're connecting the dots, and that's how you get to an answer. And you do that repeatedly, year after year after year after year after year, and that's what makes up a book. And it goes in this book. So this book is very detailed. It's very analytical. Um, people complain about it because uh, the, the, of some of the technical places in the book, uh, which uh, is, is uh, actually over their heads. It's not a quick-read book. You just don't whip through it. There, it's full of details, full of references and footnotes. And you just don't, you just don't fly through this book.
2: There's a lot of speculation recently about another network who says that they have classified documents on MJ-12, aliens. Do you believe that these are true documents that have been handed over to them, or do you think that it's just a publicity stunt?
6: Uh, They may have some kind of documents. Uh, I read the one that... uh recent one that uh, was released, and it's, it, was, it was an MJ-12 document, but it certainly was, it didn't have the uh, uh, proper markings or top and bottom classifications on it. It didn't have uh, 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 dates. It didn't have a date in it, dates on them. It didn't, it didn't have uh, – the only thing it did have was serial numbers on the, on the, uh, uh, the edges of the document, but everything else was missing. And the document was impossible to read. It was very difficult to read. You couldn't even, for the sake of argument, you couldn't even say it was a good draft. I mean, compared to the other uh, MJ-12 documents, and some of them are drafts, uh, it didn't even measure up to those MJ-12 documents.
2: Have you read real MJ-12 documents? If so, what are they like for our audience who's maybe never seen them?
6: Well, the, the, uh, the Eisenhower briefing document is a good example. I mean, that's been authenticated by, uh, by uh, linguists, and it's been checked and verified multiple number of times. Stan Friedman will back it up, and that's the, one, the first document that ever came out, that, uh, and it was on 35 millimeter film.
2: So do you believe, then, that if any media outlet right now had real MJ-12 documents, how do you think they would get them? Do you think somebody would source it out or take the chance to do that? Right now,
6: right now uh, the government, you're not going to get anything out of the government. The government is locked up tight. Nobody is saying anything. It has completely gone silent. This recent stuff sounds sounds like a disinformation ploy. It sounds like uh, they're it's, uh, they're they're getting they're sending out hoax documents uh, because people are so desperate for any kind of information, and uh, it looks like it's going to have a it's going to backfire. Because I read I read one of those documents and I certainly wasn't impressed with it.
2: Well this document apparently has something to do actually a letter and I didn't know aliens typed but a letter from extraterrestrials <laughs> to whomever
6: it is addressed to Well that that should be a clue to tell you that the thing is not real
2: So you're calling you would be okay with calling that just a publicity stunt
6: uh, I I would call it more like disinformation. I wouldn't call it a stunt. I would just say it's, uh, it's just disinformation. It's an elaborate hoax, just like the other hoaxes we've seen lately.
2: Well, let's talk about that, because they're saying that they had an insider come on in and, and drop this in their hands. And you're saying with MJ-12, it's so locked up it would be impossible to do that. Could someone have... No, from no. Uh, uh, MJ12 is... Uh,
6: uh, got, that name got changed in 2000. MJ12 is no more. Hmm. So
2: let's go on the disinformation outlet then. You think that there are people still trying to push away the idea that those papers exist, so they're going to throw something at the fringe or alternative media
6: to see if they bite? Um, uh, they, they've uh, put out disinformation on the information I have in the exempt book. Uh, one example is the crystal rectangle, which is an alien energy device. Well, they had the DIA pumped out uh, information on the same device. Instead of, uh, uh, instead of uh, the, it being what's in the book, they, they described it as, as, as an atomic fission process. Well, the crystal rectangle is not run on an atomic fission process. It run it's, it's, uh, runs on a hydrogen isotope uh, principle, which uh, extracts energy out of the vacuum. So in, so in other words, the energy device here that, that runs these flying saucers is a vacuum device that extracts energy out of the vacuum. But the, the information that the Defense Intelligence Agency put out says it runs on fission. Well, that's that's a ho- hokey document. And you have seen these, have you not? No, I haven't. I haven't seen a crystal, crystal rectangle. The sources that I've been in contact have seen it. And I it's will... just it's just like it's uh, just like it's described in the book you have.
2: So, I've only seen the triangles I haven't seen the rectangles yet I'd like to see that
6: I could honestly say R- you know what which ra- which which rank re- rect- which rank rectangle
2: well you you said the rectangles in regards crystal rectangle correct crystal
6: it's rectangle. a rectangular it's about nine nine by six inches oh
3: and inside
6: goodness. this crystal rectangle is a spherical what they call a spherical reactor. And inside this spherical reactor is a liquid isotope of hydrogen. And around this liquid hydrogen are, are about 6,000 black circles. And when there's a load placed on it for energy, all these uh, all these black circles aggravate around the liquid hydrogen hydrogen and extract energy because these H5 will extract energy out of the vacuum. Deposited in these black circles, uh, clockwise rotating black circles and send it to an output port.
2: So getting back to the information about the whole N- MJ12 document, you you strongly believe that this isn't something you're going to find on Craig'slist or a garage sale from somebody who is selling off their estate. You think that this is just a disinformation campaign in order to lead the fringe media and ufology astray once again?
6: Right. Sure. Don't you? Uh
2: Well, I mean, I guess as a journalist, and that's what I like to call myself, I would love for something like that to fall in my lap, but how would I know? How would I know that it's a real thing? You know, I mean I could sit sure here is. I could sit here and pull the CNN and run with it without verifying but that's sure. not the way I would you do know. things.
6: Sure. Well, sure you you would investigate it and then check it out, but then you'd have to have reliable sources and spend you could spend years doing that. Years and years and years, which is what Bob and Ryan did. Wood did with the m j 12 documents. They spent uh, ten years checking those things out, actually more than that, probably close to fifteen years before they could come to a conclusion that that a good, uh, about eighty percent of them are real.
2: Wouldn't you just love to be on a fly on the wall just to see what it's all about?
6: Um, no not the not the wall that I imagine. No, I'd want to stay away from the Pentagon.
2: Yeah, that one might be a little bit tough to to get into. But, you know, are you surprised in all of your years of research, Rob, that there hasn't been a, a leak, so to speak, that has a bunch of this information come out. We were talking last night about Area 51 in regards to the same thing. Take away Bob Lazar, there really hasn't been anybody come out to discuss it. Are you surprised that this has been, in the field of ufology, so tight-lipped?
6: Yeah, this started back in 2005 when they re-oathed all the sources. All the retired people were given, uh, given their security oaths all over again. Uh, Rumsfeld wanted to shut the whole thing down, and he, he started this whole process in 2005. And it's been a very slow process up till now in 2012. And then in 2012, Rick Doty says he was going to get out of the UFO business. Well, he didn't get out of the UFO business. He just got hired by DIA and shut up. So he wouldn't say anything. So since 2012, and then the, it's gotten worse. Now now Rick Doty wanted to sue me. He he, he was ready to file a lawsuit against me because he's claiming the stuff in this exempt book uh, uh, isn't the material he sent me. He didn't send me anything. All that material that was in the exempt book uh, that actually were the original interviews done by Bill and Jamie Shandera back in the 80s and Rick Doty Doty claims he didn't send those to me, but he did send those two to me in 1999 and 2004. He sent me a lot of material during those years, and those are, that's the material that got in the book.
2: I just want to let you and the audience know that there is a major thunder and lightning storm brewing over my house right now, and it's actually rumbling the walls. So if we do lose signal, it is not aliens... It is not anything to do with the CIA, NSA, or anything like that. It's Mother Nature. So I just want to forewarn everybody because this storm is all of a sudden rattling, and it's kind of eerie but cool at the same time. So I just want to set everybody up for that. We're going to get more into your book and Richard Doty later on in the show but earlier you mentioned John Edmonds and the Stardust Ranch. For a lot of people who haven't heard about the Stardust Ranch, could you
6: explain a little bit about that? Well, I uh, I, don't, I don't know. He's had the same activity. Um, uh, I've, I've had these things in the house here. Uh, I've had uh, I've had the uh, these things. <laughs> They come through the windows on you at two two a.m. in the morning, and that's why I've got the sleeping hours I do. I sleep. I go to sleep at two in the morning here, and I do this. To, I'll do this. To, well, tonight it will be later, but anyhow, I go to sleep at two a.m. in the morning, and I get up about nine or ten in the morning. I do that for a reason because then I'm in a kind of a semi-awake state for a couple hours between two and four when they are most, when they're, when they, we call it the bewitching hour when they do most of their abductions is between two and four. And I've had five, five abduction attempts and I've broken each one. So I, I, I watch, you can hear the blinds flutter, you know, you can hear the blinds flutter. And then I, I, one night I sat in on the living room floor uh, around two o'clock in the morning and waited for this thing to come into the house. And sure enough, it showed up. It came through the blinds, and it came, they looked like little brown sausages or cylinders. And on the front, It's kind of funny. On the front of the cylinder are two little eyes. And it's, this is how they get into places. And this thing came through the window, came through the bedroom, came into the hallway here, into the living room, and I'm sitting on the floor waiting for them. And this thing comes right up to me and right in my face. And it finally it realized who I was and then shot straight up through the ceiling. Now that's just an example of uh, the same stuff happens to John Edmonds, too. He gets the same stuff.
2: Well, you know what? I remember the last time you were on, I believe, you, you mentioned the coins, to place coins on on your table because we were talking about my own experiences. And if the coins move in the middle of the night, you know you've been taken.
6: You oh no, I'm uh, I might have, but uh, I, I haven't I haven't gone anywhere uh, because most of it because I go to bed at two in the morning, and I'm pretty pretty kind of semi awake between two and four in the morning, and that's where most of the activity occurs.
2: Well, I can tell you, I remember a couple of months after you and I talked last, I went to bed after the show, probably about 1.30 my time, and I literally just started getting into the sleep, and I woke up, and I was wide awake with every hair on my body, and I was like, holy cow, there's an alien in the house. You could just feel it, and you've had that experience, so you understand what I mean. You can just feel the difference. I grabbed
6: my baseball. Oh, yeah, I sure. grabbed my baseball yeah. bat. Yeah.
2: I grabbed my baseball bat beside my bed and I walked to my door. And what gave me confirmation on this, everything was silent in my house, and right across from our master bedroom door was our laundry room door across the hallway. And my dog always slept in there. And my dog came to the doorway, he looked at me, and he looked down the hallway and stared. And I was like, holy cow, here we go. And it was weird, because as strange as this may sound, Robert, and maybe not to you, but to other people who are listening, telepathically, whether you believe in it or not, I don't know, I still question it, I could hear this E.T. in my head saying he's awake. Get me out of here. He's awake, and so I started telling him telepathically, "Come on over here. Let's do this right now." Because the the rush that I was getting off of that back in my hockey playing days, you know, I I I I like to fight, and the adrenaline rush that went along with fighting on the ice. I had that same adrenaline rush before this happened now I never saw him because a few minutes later the entire energy in my house changed but I could tell you this I remembered what you said between two, thir- two o'clock and four o'clock I stayed awake until like three forty-eight a.m. because I was so freaked out that I was going to be taken that night but I think I fought back and oh and the other thing I learned from you the last time you were on and I still do this I never go to the bathroom Before I go to bed, because around two o'clock in the morning, I always wake up to go to the
6: bathroom. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, That's uh, yeah, that's one reason that they don't know when you'll be fully asleep. And and when you're going to the bathroom all the time at night, which is what happens to me, uh, they have no idea what to do.
2: So for people who are concerned whether or not they are being taken, what's your advice to them?
6: Uh, uh, mental discipline. All, all my sources I deal with, including John Edmonds. John Edmonds is an ex-Marine. All these, uh, abdu- and all these abduction stuff, and, and uh, the most of these people I, I deal with are professionally trained, professional trained in their own skills they had before they did this stuff. And Marines are very, very good at mental discipline. They're very mentally disciplined. And uh, John Edmonds is very mentally disciplined. He's, he's been through quite a bit.
2: So for a lot of people who don't know who John Edmonds is, could you explain who he is? You mentioned he's a marine. He's a
6: farmer. Oh yeah! Oh, just go to Google and look up Stardust Ranch, and and uh, that'll pre- that'll pull in enough information um, to tell you everything about John Edmonds. And you've worked closely with him recently. Well, I wrote uh, back in two thousand. Well, back in two thousand nine, when he all this stuff started. And he had uh, he was uh, he was put on to me by uh, by a television show uh, night or a UFO show, and he he they referred me uh, what was his name uh, Smith, but anyhow, John Edmonds got referred to me by a, a, um, a show host. And so when I started contacting John, he started uh, describing all these events that happened to him, and and uh, thing the the window frames would uh, vibrate and resonate, and these things would come through the house and get in the house through the windows, and he didn't know what this what, what it was or what you know what kind of uh, technology this was, and he and he was asking me and then he had, he had killed a few of them uh, back in this is back in 2009 he had killed a few of them and he had blood and tissue samples and those blood and tissue samples were sent to a guy named Dr Levengood well Dr Levengood passed away back in 2014 uh, so he's no longer with us but he had he he told John is that that these tissue and um, um blood samples were of alien origin and I, I took what the information that John had he'd sent it to me and I put it together and made a report out of it and that report is up on the website as uh, as well as other reports that we did and investigations we did in the process so that, that uh, I was supporting him when he was doing all this stuff because he, he told me he had no idea what was going on or what these things were.
3: hmm
2: When you hear a story like John's, is it hard for you to believe right off the bat, what was the first
6: piece of evidence
2: or proof that he gave you that his story was legit?
6: I'll be Because I know other abductees, like one John, uh, Bobby Morrison who was in Boulder, Colorado at the time. He worked for the government. He's an ex-Marine, too. Uh, he worked for the government uh, in NOAA, N-O-A-A, uh, National Ocean uh, Atmospheric um, Administration. And uh, and I was talking to Bobby, and Bobby, Bobby had read my book, and then Bobby contacted me because of the book. So I had a background. In this this stuff before I talked to John Edmonds, and Bob Bob Bobby Bob Morrison Bobby Morrison gave me a lot of details about what happened to him. So it's just and then then John Edmondson came in the picture, and so we started connecting the dots, and then I started having things happen here. So all three of us were 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 taking notes and connecting dots and comparing what had happened in each case, and and that's how things got together. When it comes to the government,
2: knowing what they know, knowing what you have learned, how in-depth is the field of ufology or how important is it to the United States government to remain secretive on this?
6: Oh, they'll, they'll. Well, Obama just in 2016 spent 36 million dollars suppressing all the FOIA request. He spent uh, it, It's in the. It's in the news. It was in the newspapers and, then, and on the web. He had spent 36 million dollars snuffing out all the individual FOIA requests that pertain to this subject, or actually, I shouldn't say this subject. It pertained to all the subjects that the U.S. government didn't want the public to know about. And this, this of course, is one of them. Uh, That's $36 $36 million in one year.
2: Are you surprised at how many government agencies know about the field of ufology and the phenomena in general? Or is it pretty segregated behind the scenes in the black ops?
6: Um, everything's compartmentalized. Uh, you're, there's 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 individuals in each one of the agencies in Washington D.C. There's only a, maybe a few. I don't know the numbers because I don't know how they're put together and I don't know how it's organized. But it's put together, and they they know more about what's going on in this subject area than the president does. They knew they knew more than what Obama knew. And they're the ones that you, that the uh, that you should talk to. But nobody but nobody's talking. Look at uh, a good example is look what happened recently with uh, 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 Steve um, Barron. He's he's got an hour and ten minutes of nonstop UFO footage uh, from from being in Las Vegas from just shooting this stuff and. One and one hour, you know, one hour and ten minutes to forty-five minutes to fifty minutes, and just watching this stuff, and and week after week, or in some cases, day after day, and and we'll guess the media just ignores it, as though it never happened. Now, how can you have hundred an hour and ten minutes of this stuff nonstop, and it just gets ignored? It's beyond me.
2: Yeah, but the same could be said about what the media did towards John Podesta when he joined Hillary Clinton's campaign and was basically tweeting out that he couldn't get the information that that,
6: that, That's not the same thing. These are videos. uh, When you get a chance, go online and look at uh, Steve Barron's and Las Vegas and then look at those videos. This is not the same thing. These aren't conversations. These are videos.
2: Well, let me ask you this, then. How is Steve Barron's video footage to you any more credible than anyone else's who shoots a video of a UFO? They don't shoot an hour and an hour and ten minutes of it. So for people who haven't seen that video, Robert, wh- what does it look like?
6: I, 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 it's hard to explain. It's got multiple objects that sit there and move back and forth, up and down, Uh, do loops around each other for an hour and ten minutes I don't know, you'll have to look at it
2: Do we know what government agency is more into the field of UFOlogy? Is it more the military side? Is it more NSA, CIA or some other alphabet group that we, we don't even know exists?
6: I don't that add that I cannot answer all I know is what what in the the CIA and the NSA is very involved in and the NSA is involved in snooping on everybody else and controlling everything else but the biggest problem is the news the news media the news media is refusing to cover this stuff and the, uh, they, they refuse to cover it the only thing you'll see it is on these off channels like the you know i you may see it on the History channel or the american heroes American Heroes channel that does the ghost stories you'll see it there on there there on occasion but the for the for the most part the mainstream just ignores this as though it didn't exist. The governments are ignoring it as though it doesn't exist. they are flat out just ignoring what's in front of them now you uh, how do you explain that? I can't unless they're just scared to death of it
3: hmm
2: do you think then, that in your opinion, that all types of visitation is of an of a malevolent nature, and that's why maybe no, they're covering I, it up?
6: No, I, I, I can't answer that question either. Some, some may be, some may not. I know I'm still here after twenty years of knowing about this.
2: That works. We're glad you're here too. Yeah. So when you were writing your books and you're getting this type of information, do you have governmental sources that you have spoken to in regards to the information you get?
6: Yeah, sure. That all my all most a lot of my sources have dried up. They just quit talking. Not because of me, but they just quit talking. They won't talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll tell you. They'll tell you, you. You find things up to a point, and then all of a sudden, it just stops. It just it's 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 the it's the level of fear that seems to be controlling things, or the fact the fact is they something might happen, or they've been threatened. I know Rick Doty got read right back into the program at DIA because to shut him up so he wouldn't talk. They don't want him talking. They'll do anything to silence things. So now he's out actively trying to discredit the book.
2: Tell us about your latest book that Richard Doty is trying to discredit.
6: Uh, well, I, I don't know what to say about it. It's exempt from disclosure. You can go online and look at it. You, uh, when you get a chance, you can read it. But it's, uh, it's hard to explain every little nitpick and detail in the book. But it covers everything from starting with uh, with how how things were put together originally, and uh, then it goes into uh, players. It goes to the Dulles uh, Helms and uh, Doty uh, key players involved in the cover up, and then it goes into facilities, and uh, then it goes on to Area Fifty One, and it goes into a lot of the facilities and the scientific stuff and the reverse engineering that's going on and then it moves on to Area fifty one.
2: With Richard Doty, why has he been discrediting the information that he gave you for your book?
6: Because they want they want to silence the subject. They want to shut it down completely. They don't want anything out there. Why do you think the Connect the dots here. Why do you think all this UFO activity is going on out west and Steve Barron is making all these videos, or other people are making videos, is because they're coming out in the open and they're doing it through the public. They're using the public to get this out.
2: That has to be frustrating on your end because I believe you interviewed Richard Doty for this book for quite a while. and you No, have- I didn't know. I, I,
6: no, no, I never interviewed Richard Doty. I've talked to Richard Dill. He spent a lot of time on the phone with him, but I never interviewed him.
2: But he was still giving you information at that time.
6: Oh, yeah. We were getting it over years, year after year after year, we were getting information. Always starting back in, 1980, uh, in 1980, uh, 1987.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So why would he turncoat like that?
6: Well, I already explained that to you. It was that the defense, they're, do, they're going to do what they wanted to do, do anything to silence silence witnesses and silence sources. They are trying to shut everything down at the same time all this other stuff is going on.
2: But with the amount of experiences people are having out there and the amount of time that people are researching, it's kind of hard to shut down the entire. The, the
6: mainstream of- media, the mainstream media is not saying anything. They even call that those UFO sightings out in Las Vegas meteors. How do you get meteors out of those UFOs? I don't know, but they do.
2: So you think there's almost a new mission in regards to the giant cover-up of UFOs? That would lead me to believe. That they're trying to hide something or shut down the whole disclosure movement as it's picking up steam.
6: They will do anything to try to shut it down.
2: That doesn't give a lot of hope to people like Grant Cameron and Stephen Bassett who are pushing for it, or even Stanton Friedman. No, I
6: don't I don't think I don't think any of that disclosure stuff will personally I don't think any of that's gonna work. Why is that? Because they're going to, because sh- as we said, it's, they're trying to shut it down, and doing everything they can, to do that.
2: I know, but that I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get some information here as to why they are doing that. What are they hiding from the public? That you, or what do you think they're hiding? They do
6: They don't. They don't want this out in the open. I don't know how else to say that. They don't want it out in the open. It is a threat, to the government. It is a threat to power. You can and any anybody listening can imagine that stuff. They don't want it out, and they're trying everything. Why do you think they're trying to snuff it out? That's what I'm trying to figure out.
2: Yeah. Is, is, is it? Do you think? Because
6: a believe- big. It'll scare. Well, no, it scares the living. What out of them?
2: do you think it has to do with the fact that for so long they have hidden this maybe taken the technology maybe reverse engineered what they're doing out in area 51 do you believe that there no, we're,
6: so- no, no 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 we're having a terrible time with reverse engineering all the sources i've talked to and i can and i can only say up to 2000, 2004 uh they're having a heck of a time with reverse engineering and all this exopolitics uh, politics stuff about star fleets and how we have all these related with with the with the tall blondes and the reptilians is a lot of fantasy fantasy no such thing can exist because they're using the bifel brown effect which is which won't get you in the outer space
2: question from Eric coming through here he is asking how do you feel about the NASA feeds that supposedly caught UFOs but get cut off? They didn't cut off? No, they get cut off the minute something comes on tape. Oh, yeah.
6: Well, that's part of the process we just talked about. They're they're going to do anything to try to shut this off and shut it down. That's, that's just part of the process. So that leads to the follow-up.
2: Do you believe, then... Robert, that any type of disclosure would open the floodgates up to a lot of litigation against the government.
6: Oh, sure. Sure it would. Lawsuits. Sure it would.
2: Do you think the government then knows about all of the ET abductions that are happening?
6: Yes, uh, very definitely. Definitely. I think NSA keeps close track on, on everybody and any, anybody who's anything. And uh, abductions is one of those.
2: Do you think the mainstream media is just making a, a mockery of this because they don't believe in the stories? Or do you believe that they are being told not to report on anything strange in the phenomena?
6: Well, I, I uh, seriously, I don't know what's mentally wrong with them. How can NBC get out there in Las Vegas and say they and say these things are meteors? That's what they said. They reported these. the local NBC station reported. Uh, uh, what's the what's the NBC broadcaster? What's his name? Uh, Nightly News. Um, Goodness. Report to yeah. Report to. Uh, they're their, their headquarters that uh, these things are meteors they're meteors these things are meteors these these ufo's on an hour and 10 minutes of video are meteors do you believe
2: then going back in history that this all started with ike making a deal with
6: extraterrestrials i don't i don't know about that i don't know if there's been was any deal made I know that uh, they, uh, these UFOs do stay back. Uh, they, don't get, they don't get aggressive. They're very careful when they appear or when they're not there. And uh, that's the way it's been going. They're very careful. But you've seen a lot more of them uh, than any time in the past. You've seen more UFO sightings recently than at any time in the past. And at the same time all that's going on, the government is trying everything it can to snuff it out.
2: Do you believe, then, that sightings and abductions are on the rise?
7: Um,
2: yeah, oh sure. You just don't hear about them. Everett is asking, and we got about two and a half minutes before we go to break here, the brown cylinders you mentioned earlier are they some sort of suit or vehicle, or are the beings like that
6: uh the uh, daryl sims uh who I talked to uh said that uh, this is these little brown cylinders are are uh, vehicles they're like little uh they kind of curl they, what happens is these entities curl up inside these. Little brown cylinders, and they look organic. Uh, when you see them, they, it looks like a kind of like a sausage, brownish-looking sausage, and it's organic, and it moves around the house. And this is the one that came up to me one night at two in the morning with a, and as I, as I said, the two little eyes you could see two little eyes in the front of it, and as soon as it saw me, it just went straight up through the ceiling. Um, but the, this is. Darrell Sims says, says this is how they get around the house.
2: Oh, to play with that technology, my friend. To play with that technology just once. Wouldn't you just love to get your hands on it?
6: Uh, I don't think you know what to do with it. True, oh, that. Yeah, they, they, don't under, they don't. They don't understand the materials. They still don't. Uh, they, uh, this crystal. This crystal, this energy device, crystal rectangle, they, uh, this, they recovered uh, one of them in 1947. And they didn't know what it was until 1997. Edward Teller, before he died, identified it as an energy device. But it wasn't identified for 40-some-odd years. And they have no idea what the material this thing is made of. They don't understand really how it works. I gave the the basic principles, but they just they they don't really know how it really works and they can't replicate the materials they cannot replicate the materials on the domes of the on the on the ones they've recovered that are in these underground Los Alamos facilities the dome on the craft the dome on sorry about that
2: we are up against a break here Robert I apologize to you. We're going to be right back with more spaced out radio right after this. Hour one is done. Two hours to go on the Mighty SOR. Stay tuned. Yeah. Coming September 29th to October 1st, the first annual Spaced Out Radio Caribou Paracon. Hi, this is Dave Scott. The event will be held at the Spruce Hills Spawn Resort in 108 Mile Ranch, British Columbia. Come join us for an amazing weekend of speakers talking all things paranormal. UFOs, ghosts, aliens, Sasquatch, intuitiveness. Listen to great speakers like Miriam Delicato, Samantha Mowat, and the crypto guru, Ronald Murphy. Get your VIP passes by going to spacedoutradio.com and clicking on the Paracon banner. Come to BC, where the paranormal is waiting for you.
5: From coast to coast to coast, Blacklight Uncharted is taking on the paranormal across Canada. From ghostly hauntings to the UFOs flying above, in conjunction with MUFON Canada, they're closely investigating what's going on in the northern skies and checking out the apparitions that walk among us. Check out our videos right here at SpacedOutRadio.com. We want to know your thoughts, we want to hear your experiences, and we want you to share your stories. The answers are out there, and we intend to find them.
1: Would you like to become one of our space travelers? All you have to do is click on the space travelers icon at SpacedOutRadio.com. For only $5 a month, you can get access to some great prizes, as well as private monthly shows, newsletters, and a members-only section on our website. Become a space traveler today.
7: It's paranormal news at its finest. Welcome to The Encounter. At spaceoutradio.com, The Encounter online is SOR's trusted news source for everything weird and strange going on around the world. This is news editor Eric Markham. Our team of journalists are scouring the planet for those strange stories that rarely make the mainstream. No fear mongering or fake news here. Head over to spaceoutradio.com and encounter The Encounter.
8: For over 40 years, the Purple Energy Plates have been delivering amazing results for their many customers. Inspired by the great genius Nikola Tesla, the harmony, healing, and energetic effects of the plates have proven over and over to be beneficial and often miraculous to thousands of customers. With their money-back guarantee and the many benefits, how can you afford not to get one? Check their site for daily specials and choose from their many energy products. You won't be sorry. Visit them today at purpleplates.com for mind, body, and spirit, and expect a miracle.
9: Are you interested in advertising on Spaced Out Radio? Head to our website at spacedoutradio.com and click on our advertising tab. There, you will find an assortment of ways you can get your product out there with us, from radio commercials to banners and social media, Have a product you like our hosts to endorse? We can do that too. Visit spacedoutradio.com for more details.
1: Have you got your Cosmic Passport? If you need one, tune in to Cosmic Passport on Spaced Out Weekend. This is Elizabeth Anglin, ET experiencer, spirit medium and host of Cosmic Passport. Each weekend I'll be bringing you interviews and support from other paranormal experiencers and the best in intuitive spiritual guidance from across the globe. It's all happening starting at 9pm Pacific Time, midnight Eastern, on spacedoutradio.com.
5: From British Columbia to Northern California, Pacific North Weird has Cascadia covered. Check out our feature videos at spacedoutradio.com where I, Vincent Zunza, and my super sleuth partner Alexandra Sullivan track down the weird and strange stories from around the Pacific Northwest. From Bigfoot to Mel's Hole and everything in between, this is what makes life exciting. So why report the normal when we can report the Pacific North Weird right here at SpacedOutRadio.com. Oh, there's only one way to rock. Loud
3: and proud. In high definition, Radio 702 Rocks, Las Vegas
4: every saturday and sunday night as dave scott wanders aimlessly in the wilderness you can come hang out with me james tyson and spaced out weekend we're starting at 9 p.m pacific midnight eastern i'll take you along as we talk with some of the best experts in their fields SpacedOutRadio.com is the place to find us so sit down relax put your feet up enjoy the topics like the paranormal supernatural intuitiveness and so much more hope to see you there
1: don't have time to listen to spaced out radio live wherever you are the car the office the shower or even if you're traveling we're right here for you each spaced out radio show can be found on itunes TuneIn, and on our youtube channel spaced out radio show it's the perfect way for you to catch up on our shows for more information just head over to our website spacedoutradio.com and tune in to us today
0: The views and opinions expressed by tonight's guest and topic of discussion do not necessarily represent the official policy or position of Spaced Out Radio, Spaced Out Weekend, Spaced Out Radio Limited, its hosts, syndicated carriers, or anyone associated with this broadcast. Would you like to connect with us? Head to SpacedOutRadio.com for all your latest show info. And hit us up on Twitter using the hashtag spaced out radio now back to dave scott and sor
2: welcome back to the second hour of spaced out radio tonight i am your host dave scott great to have you with us tomorrow night and sunday at spacedoutradio.com uncle jimbo james tyson And Elizabeth Anglin are back for Spaced Out Weekend, starting at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern Time. It's always a great weekend as we go live, seven days a week. I will be out of here after this. I got my bag packed, going to find my Zen and my Chi in the mountains of British Columbia. Sunday, I am actually going Sasquatch hunting. My friend Mike today found a print. He found a print, and we're going into that area to see if we can find anything more of the elusive Sasquatch. I will let you know on Monday how that goes. We want to welcome in everyone listening in on WQEE 99, Rock the Key Down in Noonan, Georgia, home of the Walking Dead. We are also live on the United Public Radio Network on 107.7 FM in New Orleans and over 160 countries around the world. We're also live on KTLK, The Fringe, FM, out of Las Vegas, Renegade Talk Radio, and if you're listening in on Revolution Radio, remember the double R machine is a donation station financed by you, the valued listener. Head on over to freedomslips.com and donate today. Bill Cardwell has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club, Potobrom Hydrosis. Padobrom Hydrosis is your password. Make sure you use it wisely, space travelers, as Bill sets a password each and every night right here on The Mighty S.O.R. Now, if you want to follow us on social media, you can do so on Twitter, at Spaced Out Radio. Use the hashtag, Spaced Out Radio, if you want to connect live with me during the show as well. Give our Facebook page a like, Spaced Out Radio Show. Find me on Instagram, Dave Scott S.O.R. You can tune us in on TuneIn, download this show and others on iTunes. We're also on RadioGuide.fm, live player.fm, and Stitcher, our website is spacedoutradio.com where we have a plethora of features for you including listening to our rock god Ron Bumblefoot Thaw. you can read up on the encounter online join the SOR Space Travelers Club and you can stop by our store where we have t-shirts, stickers, posters and you can pick up your VIP passes for the first annual Spaced Out Radio Caribou Paracon being held September 29th to October 1st in lovely 108 mile ranch, British Columbia at the Spruce Hills Spa and Resort. If you go to our website, go to the store. Tickets are on sale for 10% off until July 31st. So now is the time to get them. Come hang out with the weird and the strange and the spaced out radio crowd. We'd love to see you up here in beautiful central British Columbia. Tonight we have UFO author Robert Collins on with us. We're talking everything strange cover-ups. What's being hidden from the public? What is not? Is the media involved? What's out at Area 51? Mr. Collins, welcome back for hour number two. Thank you. Area 51 always has mystery to it. It has for years, decades, from not being admitted that it actually exists to only recently that happening in the last few years to whether or not there are aliens and alien technology hidden in the S-4 section, to planes like the F-117 stealth fighter, the B-2, possibly the Aurora. What do you think is happening out at Area 51 in the desert of Nevada?
6: I really don't have much of a clue except what everybody else has been saying, and... uh... Uh of course what the sources have been saying and that's been reported. Uh that's covered in the exempt book and uh it's just the usual stuff, but uh even if you even if you would get out there and get on a hilltop you wouldn't see much. Now nine ninety percent of what's added area fifty one is underground. It is underground. You're at the Politicians and the senators and everybody else in the world who makes visits to Area 51 will not see a thing. And if anything comes in that's classified, they, they, they uh, put you in a hangar and close the curtains. So you won't see it unless you've unless you got access. But most of that stuff at Area 51 is, is underground, just like at Los Alamos. A good 90% of what's at Los Alamos is underground. You will not see it. And they do that for a reason.
2: Do you think that most of the technology that they are trying to hide out there is of our own? Or do you believe that there is some sort of ET technology out there? If you were to give your personal opinion.
6: Well would you uh you well you see how big the chemical dump uh area is at area 51 i think everybody sees that and, and workers getting sick from the, all the chemicals at the dump well the the the, the best uh, estimate is they're looking for new materials they're testing each and every and different types of materials for use in whatever aircraft or whatever they have in mind, or they're interested in using it to reverse-engineer UFOs. They could be using it for that, too, testing all types of materials to try to replicate the alien metal, which they cannot do. At Los Alamos, they can't do it. They have no idea. The metal, as the guy at uh, Los Alamos told me back in 2004, is not made on this Earth. They can't replicate the metal.
2: From your sources and who you've talked to in regards to Area 51, now, we do know that they keep it very secure. We do know that if you go out and you travel the the legalized roads, if you could call them that, around the facility that the camo dudes always are watching. They have cameras absolutely everywhere staking people out and making sure that nobody crosses the line. And, you know, then there's the scary signs that say, you know, authorized use of deadly force will happen if you cross the line. It is a scary remote place in regards to it. Have you ever been out there and have you ever been able to Talk to anybody who's seen more than just what the public can see if they do a drive-by by by the black old mailbox.
6: Uh, No, I've never been out there, and I really honestly have no desire to go. Uh, I can cover a lot of Area 51 just sitting behind a desk here. And uh, the sources I've had, and uh, even the ones on S4... We've gone through a lot of the details on those, and uh, it didn't take a trip to Area 51 to discover that.
2: Have you ever talked to anybody who worked out there?
6: Uh, yes. Uh, yes, they, um, they um, would uh, give me details on the, uh, uh, and uh, on the uh, aliens they kept there in an underground facility. Uh, there that, that burrish story on the J Rod. A sick J Rod is a, a fake. It's a fake story. J Rod was never sick, and um, the uh, the uh, some some information on the uh, uh, propulsion systems, and some on the uh, uh, behavior. The behavior of the, a lot of the behavior of the aliens. They said never never had any problems with them. The visitors, they kept in these underground facilities and uh, were extremely well-behaved. But um, I got some information, but not a whole lot.
2: Are there more people talking about Area 51 than what we know about? I mean, we talked earlier in Uh, hour number one about Bob Lazar. Are there people who can confirm his story that you have talked about?
6: Well, the Bob, Bob Lazar uh, story is is uh, based on uh magnetic uh, uh, propulsion ideas of using magnetism for for getting the for getting UFO propulsion. Well, it doesn't work. The UFO propulsion doesn't work on magnetism. It works on it's an it's a it's a functional anti gravity system. And it involves superconductors, which, as the Los Alamos source had told me, they have no idea how this, how it really works. I mean, the the as as described, it was it's a very complex system, and they have no idea how it really works. And that's what they're working on. They had the uh, the saucers out there that Bob Lazar saw. So those those were prototypes. But those prototypes never worked right.
2: So you believe that Bob Lazar was an actual employee of Area Fifty One? Oh, he 51. was
6: because what? what but uh, a guy named uh, Gene Lakes was in charge of security out there at Area Fifty One, and he told me uh, Bob Bob Lazar was on the access list.
3: It
2: just seems with Bob, they were. They were so quick to try and discredit him in regards to what he did there. I mean, by going as far as even, you know, stealing, if we could call it that, his college credentials, you know, that's going very, very far, to say the least, in order to scare someone off without killing him. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Sure. Are you surprised that he survived?
6: Um, no, because they were they. Were, what he was getting was um, when he when he got those tech manuals on uh, at S four on the propulsion system. All those manuals were fake. They were they weren't based on what how the thing is how these uh, craft are propelled. So he he was they, he was no threat to them and all he could do is go back and tell stories he he was not a threat mhm do
2: you think he worked on the reverse engineering of spacecraft
6: no because if he had he wouldn't have described it the way he did so could we then say David he, he was a he was a good he was, uh, the way the way i been able to to figure it out, is that he was a good patsy. He was a good patsy. He, he was he was given certain things and shown certain things, and then turned loose on the world to tell a story.
2: So do you think Bob Lazar then was more of a disinformationalist rather than someone no. who was an insider? No.
6: No he well not in the, in the way he, he 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 if he was he didn't do it deliberately he was just he was just telling everybody what he what he knew or what he read Now what he saw is uh is is true, but what he read in those tech manuals was false.
2: And how were you able to prove that what he read was false? Because he seems convinced it was the real thing. Because because the system, the gravity
6: machine that he has, won't work. It doesn't work. It won't do anything. It doesn't levitate. It won't work. Mm
2: -hmm. Now, you mentioned J-Rod. There is some speculation to who J-Rod is and whether or not he was an extraterrestrial helping out the United States military and the scientists out at Area 51. I have heard that he was a a transfer. I have heard that he was one of the survivors of Roswell. Who is J-Rod to you?
6: J-Rod was, uh, now this is what I understand. J-Rod was part of a special program. I don't know where J-Rod came from. All I know is I was told that he was helping uh the government people out there with reverse engineering. Um and uh the the program terminated in 2002. So I don't after 2002 I don't know where he went.
2: The word that I heard and I don't know how believable this is was that he escaped. Didn't like it and escaped.
6: Um Well, I don't, I don't, I cannot, I don't know.
2: Are there other, as far as you know, aliens walking around or working at Area 51 in conjunction with human scientists? Uh, Could be, but I don't know of them. I don't know. Have your sources ever told you in regards to aliens at Area 51 how many there are, and have you, you know? I realize you can't vet that source; you have to take them at their word. But have we had, or have you heard reports of multiple ETs helping out man there?
6: Uh, uh, we had EB, EB one, two, and three, uh, and J Rod, the ones I know about. EB one was uh, re- recovered at uh, Roswell. And EB two EB two came in 1964, and EB three came in. Uh, I think it was eighty one. Okay. Do we know where they're from? Uh, no, I sure don't. That most would... most uh, the the mo- the uh, most of them are. Zeta Reticuli is the one that's brought up most often, but they do come from other systems, but I don't know what those systems are.
2: That's kind of weird to think, and so sci-fi to think, that humans are working along with aliens on human-slash-ET technology.
6: Um, I can't answer that one.
2: Man, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess here. here's the big question. If we have or had extraterrestrials helping us with ET technology hidden at S4 at Area 51, why do you think that we have had such troubles reverse engineering then, if we were getting help from aliens? That's a good question. I don't think we're getting very good help. Wonderful. They sent us the bottom of the barrel, is what you're saying.
6: I just think that was the way it was. And, and uh, that you know, if you want it, if you want it, you got to figure it out. So I don't think the help we were getting was really help. I think they were doing something, but I don't think they knew a lot more than what they were telling us.
2: Do you think, then, that Area 51 because of its popularity, still holds as many secrets as it does? Or do you think they've moved things out to Dulce, Dugway, back to wright Pat, or maybe some sort of hidden air base up in Alaska where they could hide things very, very no. easily?
6: No, what I, just, uh, what I think I just said a while ago that everything's underground. Everything got moved underground.
2: Oh, to be able to go in there one day. We gotta sneak on one of those Janet Jets. That's what we need to do, Robert. We need to sneak on one of those Janet Jets. Good luck. Put on a Mm -hmm. fake we'll put on a fake mustache and we'll we'll just make a run for it. We'll make a run for it. Right. You know, I don't think we'll get far. No, I'm not taking that chance. I'm way too chicken. Way too chicken. And I'm not fast. Everett wants to know. Why show someone a real UFO and then give him fake data to reverse engineer? This is in regards to Bob Lazar.
6: Oh, well, he, Bob Lazar was never involved in reverse engineering, per se. He was just there. He was a the technician. They moved him around. I think he went over to uh, Tonopah for a while. I think he was working over at Tonopah. He never... He never was directly involved with the reverse engineering. That was, those were other people.
2: Are you surprised then, and, and I, I, I asked a similar question earlier, but I'll re-ask it this way. Are you surprised then that nobody besides Bob has come forward publicly with so many employees there over the years?
6: Yeah, uh, it's the attitude. They, it's uh, and it's the attitude of uh, um, they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to discuss it. They don't want to talk about it. And um, um, that just seems to be the way it is. But so as I told you, the government will will do handstands and anything they can to to try to cover this stuff up. In the meantime. The aliens are out there showing off. So, so I don't know. Guess who wins? I don't know who's going to win.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm wondering. I don't think
6: they, that anytime, anytime they desire, they can go and fly over Washington D.C. or go over New York City and and put on a show that nobody will forget.
2: Do you think the employees, whether it's at Area 51, Dugway, Dulcie, wherever it could be? probably have to sign a contract that maybe somewhere in the fine print says your family and you could be in trouble if you open your mouth. I mean there's probably a life sentence somewhere on that paper if you spill the beans.
6: Oh oh sure. yeah oh yeah they, they still they still engage in all the threats. the threats are there and you know and uh, either written or otherwise uh, yeah, sure. Catherine
2: is asking, "How do you think Robert private space companies fit into the narrative when it comes to space travel? If all of this is going on
6: with aliens?" Oh, all the all the all the uh, Monzano Monzano is a good example. All the uh, major uh, corporations in the U.S. have some stake in this alien technology because the profits would be enormous. If they could reverse engineer it, and of course sell it, but they have to be able to understand it before they can even do that. Well, is one that's very involved with alien technology and alien hardware. They have a they have a storage area that's probably uh, the size of a good size warehouse, kept in a vault, vaulted uh, warehouse waiting for our technology to catch up but they're they're very uh, much they're very anxious to reverse engineer it because that's money
2: how many spaceships do you think we are we are carrying or hiding at area 51
6: or other bases oh i i would roughly actual actual recoveries there's there's quite a quite a number and again they're kept under in the underground facilities the ones at los alamos were underground because the los alamos source told me back in 2004 that one of the craft they recovered was built before the wright brothers discovered flight um so um they they have quite a number I, I wouldn't i'd hate to guess but they have quite a number
2: is it the materials that are used or being used by the extraterrestrials that is causing the problem that, because we just can't re- recreate yeah, the they, material
6: they, yeah the, the 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 only way to get the reverse engineered craft the reason we can't get them to work right is because we can't we can't get the propulsion system right and we can't get the materials right. Um, the materials, the the materials are are such that if they're not made on this planet, we cannot replicate the materials because there's there's we have no clue as to how their how their atomic structure really is put together, how their how their lattice structures, the atomic lattice structures of the metal. Is actually how they how they how the how these things bond and how they're put together. They may be c- composed of several different uh, composite materials that we have no idea how the composite materials put together. So they can't get the materials, and then they can't configure the propulsion system right. And and um, the the source was talking to me. He said it. He said if I try to explain it to you, you wouldn't understand it. So I said, okay.
2: <sighs>
6: does that have to do um,
2: does that have to do with element one fifteen that we heard Bob Lazar talk so much about?
6: No, 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 it's got nothing to do with element one fifteen. The stuff that you hear from Bob Lazar again is his hokey hokey stuff and he was given fake phony information. And that's mm-hmm. why they weren't that's why they didn't worry about him.
2: Very understandable. Very understandable. Uh, Got another question from our audience coming in. If the government is so actively trying to cover up this activity, are there more reports now than ever of men in black?
6: uh, That I can't answer. I know John Edmonds had an encounter with those men in black last year. And that was, as far as I know, that was the only, only, only time that that, that ever happened. Um, they came and they left. I think that was on one of his shows. I think it was on the Travel Channel uh, where they did a show on the, on the Stardust Ranch. Um, I, think, I think that was the Travel Channel where, that, where he did that interview.
2: Are you a big believer in the Men in Black phenomena? Oh, sh- yeah, sure, yeah. What then do you think they are? Do you think they're human? Do you think they are of alien descent or a mixture of both? Could
6: be. Could well anywhere between human and the cybernetic organism.
2: Do you think though that they are there to harm or just to warn people, to kind of put that scare
6: into people? Um, I guess I guess just to scare them. With everything that
2: you have gone through in this field, do you um, have you ever been compromised, had your phones tapped, computer hacked, or anything along those lines?
6: Oh, sure, yeah. We had uh, phones were tapped over the vaults at Wright-Patton. That was way back in 97 and 98 where, uh, uh, by the way, Rick Doty did the line tap. And uh, uh, we, we found out that the, the uh, line tap was coming from DOD, the Pentagon. And the room number in the Pentagon was room number 77 in the Pentagon. Where the line tap was coming, coming from for the tap on my home phone. Of course, I was in Tucson, Arizona at the time when that happened. But yeah, we we had uh, they used a Tektronic, uh line checker, which checks for wire taps on phone lines, and uh, found the taps, and it was over the right pad volts. So they they were very much into tapping. Now today they just Suck up email by the millions, uh, and uh, that's how they do with uh, intercepts now. They don't bother with phone taps anymore. They, they they just suck up the email.
2: Do you feel though that when it comes to the men in black, that they are targeting specific individuals? because we have heard people who are on the inside writers such as yourself other people having visitation but they've also seemed to visit multiple abductees as well
6: uh that it that yeah, that could occur I don't know I, the only person I know recently was John Edmonds said he got visited but uh, you know most of these people that the are, most of these people that this happens to are isolated, um, they, wor- they work alone, um, and they don't have much outside contact uh, with anybody. It makes them very vulnerable uh, to intimidation. Uh, it made me very vulnerable to, to intimidation when I was sick last winter. And I was uh, getting harassed like you wouldn't believe by these things in my bedroom. Uh, they, these these cybots get into your bedroom and they they start making humming and buzzing noises around your bed. Your bed actually starts humming or buzzing, and, uh, and you know you, then you know they're around. Or as I, what happened last uh, December thirty first? I had two females show up in my bedroom, fully human hum, females, and I was sick as could be, with sky high blood pressure and heartbeat. And these two females, one was right over the top of me, one was on the bed next to me, and they just came out of nowhere, blondes, two blondes. You believe that? Well, uh, I, I, I know dead. it.
2: I know it's never happened to me, my friend. Unfortunately, yeah, it's never well, happened it, to me.
6: Well, it, it, was, it wasn't. Uh, it was just I was just extremely sick, and I guess somebody was taking care of me. But uh, at the same time, and the, these uh, two females showed up. I had this, the, the cybots, the cybernetic organisms, just bugging the heck out of me, uh, running up and down my bed. And I just smacked the bed and told them to stop it. And it stopped um, a couple questions coming so, from Penny, our op- uh, that, that's uh that that's a story to take someplace.
2: <laughs> well we can
6: we can go there i mean what, uh, that, what, what, uh, what
2: what what do these human aliens look like because there's not a lot of people just have seen like, them.
6: they just look that look like well, I don't know what they were i don't they could have been hybrids I don't know what they were. But they were, should they? They were both, they were both knockout blondes. I mean, they were the most attractive blondes I've ever seen.
2: And what were they doing? Just standing
6: there? They just because uh, I was I was on because I was running. Uh, heart, my heartbeat was 140, and my blood pressure was 215 or 215 over 115. Wow and uh i was pretty sick how long were they in your room for oh i'd say the whole thing lasted maybe 15 minutes at the most
2: had you ever seen beings like to... that before
6: no it's a first ever there was a uh, another case in australia australian case that occurred in 1989 with uh, the the that guy had two blonde females in his room his bedroom
2: once again i'm still so,
6: so the best and anyhow they were the best looking i've had blonde girlfriends and they were the best blondes i've ever seen
3: <laughs>
2: i've never dated a blonde i hate to say that as much as i like the blondes i oh, never
6: never dated uh a blonde. well that, I mean, the stereotype fits. <sighs> I bet.
2: <laughs> so, ha, besides, tho- besides those ones, what's the closest you have encountered an extraterrestrial?
6: Um, when they tried to abduct me, I had uh, one. I had one little cybot in my face back in two thousand eleven. Uh, right there in the bedroom at 2 in the morning. He was staring at me, and I was staring at him. He ran, and I stood there. So he ran first. I didn't.
2: Let's get to a couple questions from our audience here. This one coming from Claudia. She is asking, It seems aliens can use thought to drive their ships and travel. Do you believe that they use some sort of crystal power as well?
6: uh not to my knowledge I know I know it's a lot of telepathic stuff and anybody anybody can learn how to do telepathy and uh if you want to learn how to do it uh I was told by a friend uh, you. Know, of course you don't know him Bobby Morrison and that guy at Colorado you NOAA know, National Ocean Atmospheric Administration there who had all these experiences that john Emmons had uh he um uh he he would um you know he you know i don't he he would tell me this stuff and then I wouldn't know where to go with it
3: mm-hmm.
2: do you think
6: though that
2: that in regards to the way the ships are formed that, I mean, let's face it, there are crystals on this planet that seem to have differing powers of whether it's healing or energy or something along those lines, and abductees and contactees have said that they have, when they've been aboard ships, that they have seen some sort of crystal-like objects on there. Do you think that's just above what we have learned by now?
6: Uh, That I can't answer. I don't know what what they what when they're reporting that stuff, what they're seeing, or what is it uh you know I, I i don't I don't know the answer to that
2: It's one of those speculative questions I get you know and
6: it's hard to to really you, figure. Can't, we, you can't yeah you, you can't nail it down you know there's no way to nail that down
2: bill has a question here. He says, and this is getting back to Bob Lazar for a second. What makes this guess so sure that Bob Lazar was fed misinformation since Bob was able to describe in detail what he did and what he saw?
6: That's, yeah, that's because the information they gave him was detailed. That gravity wave amplifier was uh, part of the, uh, the disinformation they fed him. But they 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 want they, they they wanted to feed him all that stuff, and he wasn't going. To, and if they fed him that stuff, he wasn't going to be a threat to anybody, and they could just turn him on the, wor- uh, uh, on the world, and uh, tell a story about what he saw, without anything to verify what he had actually witnessed. But he did describe. At a certain time of the day, he did, he did, who, did was that, who was that, George Knapp? Or yes. somebody? Yes, George Knapp. He took Knapp. somebody on a trip, yeah, he took, he took somebody on a trip through the canyon areas, and at a certain time uh, during the day, you could watch this saucer come up from the canyons. Well, this is what he saw, he, he, because they were doing testing, you could watch this saucer come up, and it would sit there and just hover. And yeah, I think, I think it was I'm not sure, I don't think it was it was some, some friend of his, or maybe it was George Knapp that saw this. Um, but he saw this hovering saucer, saucer. So there was proof that they were actually had saucers, reverse engineered craft that were actually working on and testing, uh, but they didn't work very well because they were, as they said, they were having problems with the materials and the propulsion system.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: let's get to Everett's question he is asking what movies in your opinion as we bring Hollywood into this have gotten the closest to being accurate and do you think Robert that the producers or directors had any help from government or alien sources
6: uh, uh, they were told well, the the, uh, the first one back in 19... 19- 1952, The Day the Earth Stood Still, that was motivated by the government. They did a remake of that movie, too. That's, that, that movie is accurate because that event actually did happen, but not quite the way the movie says. And uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, um, another one, which is pretty close to, to what actually happened. But then again, the movie was um, not not as accurate as as the real. They actually, the real event for Close Encounters of the Third uh, Kind that, that that event actually took place in the northern part of Area 51, in a in a uh, isolated location, when they had the exchange. Um, and the, and our and we had twelve members go on board their craft. That was done in. I'm trying to think of the year. That was nineteen. That was nineteen sixty four. Or I'm sorry. That was nineteen sixty five. They uh, they did that that at close encounter type of exchange took place in sixty five, where they accepted twelve members of our team, and they left EB, two here as an exchange, the exchange uh, member.
2: Did those humans ever return?
6: Yeah, in 78. And they, they were debriefed, and they were do de- I can't remember all the details, but they were debriefed and kept isolated for over a year. I think they were isolated for over a year. Uh... But they they went through an entire debriefing, and then I, I think, they were when they they split them up and they were kept in, in 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 different locations, isolated from each other, so they couldn't talk to each other, didn't know where the other one was, so they couldn't exchange information or get in contact with each other. So, but at the last the last uh, last uh, member of that. A uh, team died in 2002, I think.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Were they kept in isolation pretty much for the rest of their lives, or were they allowed to go back
6: out into the public? Uh, well, no, they could they could go out into the public, but uh, by that time they could they didn't know we, they didn't know where each of the other members were. So they couldn't do it as a team or two at a time or three at a time. They had to go on their own and telling telling their story to whoever would listen. But then nobody believed it. Nobody believed that story.
2: How many of them ended up in some sort of psychiatric facility?
6: That I don't know. Have
2: you ever had a close encounter of the third kind?
6: Um. Yeah, in your bedroom.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah, that, uh, well, I've had a ship land very, very close to me, within 150 yards. And I'll tell you, if it happens again, and I don't know if it ever will, but if it does happen again, I will get closer to it.
6: Not uh, I, I had I had one I had one in my backyard here in August 2012 that was a lot closer than what would what, you say 150 yards Yeah 100 yards Yeah I thought it was right right in my back kitchen window right out there in the trees uh, on the par- uh, just beyond my car in the parking lot and it was sitting there hovering in the trees.
3: How big is it?
6: Uh, just, it just flashed. Oh, I don't know. It was kind of, um, oh, it was hard. It, with the bright lights it had on, it was had white, blue, and uh, I think it was white and blue lights, and it was flashing the lights all around. For a while, I thought, for a few minutes, I thought it was a helicopter, but it wasn't a helicopter. I could see the metallic surface on it. It had a grayish metallic surface, and it just sat there and floated, and it just floated back and forth like UFOs usually do. They just float on you. Then the floating is the anti-gravity. The anti-gravity makes it float. And it just floats. And it was just sitting there flying, And I watched it for 20 minutes. Uh, I I guess I could have walked up to it, but I didn't want to take any chances. I didn't want to get abducted. And as, as I know, if I got too close to this thing, I would disappear. I know that feeling.
2: All too well,
6: uh, so I kept my distance eventually after about twenty minutes or so it just it just disappeared, just whipped up and disappeared but that was in that was in August two
2: thousand and twelve See my close encounter happened in march of or April tenth of twenty fourteen okay. And then five days after that is when I saw my first extraterrestrial at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, who was about 10 to 12 feet tall. That was interesting.
6: Yeah, that must have been a neck stretch.
2: I don't know what the hell it was to this day. All I know is that I just stood there and stared for about 15, 20 minutes. Telling my friend, who was an ET contactee, what the f is that? What the f is that? Yeah. And so what did he say? Well, she actually. Uh, I'll yeah. fill you. In, I'll fill you in on the story. Like five days after that, I met this young lady named Samantha Mowat, who had been a lifelong ET contactee. And we, my incident with the UFO happened at a fr- on a friend's farm property, and I was showing Samantha in the back field where the ufo had landed and she all of a sudden picked something up that her and i had to walk into the forest behind the house and when we walked back in there we came to this clearing and she stopped me and she goes dave i don't want you to panic or anything but i want you to look that way pointing north and tell me what you see so when i looked north about 200 feet in front of me there it was I still don't know how to explain it. I really don't. But there it was. And Anybody
6: else with him? Yeah.
2: Well, I only saw the one being. Samantha actually saw another one that was probably five to six feet tall. It was a gray, but in a tan color. And she started telepathically communicating with this one. And... They actually invited us over to say hello, and this is where it got a little strange. They said, but we are concerned about the man's health, because they knew deep down I was crapping bricks. You know, I'm 40 years old at this time, Robert, and nobody told me how to prepare for aliens standing in front of me at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And Samantha actually started walking over to them. And I said, don't you leave me here. I said, because I'm not going back to the house without you. I said, where is this? Where is this? This happened in Mission, British Columbia.
6: How far away is that? Uh,
2: from where I am, about four and a half hours
6: southwest. Okay, so you were pretty, pretty much up country then.
2: I was about an hour, hour and a half east of Vancouver.
6: Oh, okay. Yeah, so, so it, you were in a very very isolated very isolated area.
2: At where the farm was, yes.
6: Okay. Because you, uh, you, so those cuz those things usually happen in isolated areas. Yes.
2: And and the weird part is there was, there's two airports. You have the flight path coming east to west behind us in that town okay that is traveling to Vancouver and in front you have the jets taking off from Vancouver going west to east there's also another airport very close that has a lot of air traffic as well from civilian craft to airliners and even some military at times And the skies were, you know, anytime in the sky there, you could usually hear the buzzing of an airplane somewhere, but the skies were absolutely silent while this was going on. It was the strangest thing.
6: Yeah, sort of like a cone of silence. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, uh, the fields around the, the UFOs will create that cone of silence for you. Yeah. They block out uh, any, they block out any kind of sound.
2: It was definitely one of those scenarios that I will never forget and I'm not gonna lie, it it screwed me up for a while because you don't expect something like that to happen. You don't expect in the middle of the afternoon for something you know, to run into an extraterrestrial that's 10 to 12 feet tall. And then saying, hey, why don't you come on over and introduce yourself? I didn't know if they had a pot of coffee on board or or what. You know, I'm being facetious here a little bit. But there's a lot of people out there who've had that same experience. And, you know, I was lucky enough to be able to to hone a number of months later all of these questions that I have into Spaced Out Radio, and it morphed into what it is today, Robert. But a lot of people who have those experiences, they're so terrified that they pretty much give up on life because it's so altering. Have you ever talked with people like that?
6: Uh, yeah, they kind of withdraw on you. hmm it's a huge, huge thing huge thing so what what did the, the, this thing was tw- twelve the only the only things I know that are that high, are that tall the uh your reptilians are that hot are that tall, and mm-hmm. this wasn't a reptilian.
2: Andromedans are known to be that tall as well, apparently
6: um what did they look like? I saw the head.
2: I saw the body, which was very thin. What, so what was the shape of the head? Round.
6: And what? It, what about nose, ears?
2: I think I was in too much shock to get that much to get that picture. I'm I'm replaying the event in my eyes right now. And to be okay, honest there's
6: a, okay there's a, there's an odd there's an alien group that was in a Texas abduction case. there were some aliens that were described by that guy Daryl Sims, I think he I got the description from him. I have a picture of it here i can oh, well, I can send it to you. I'll look it up and send it to you. Those aliens uh, look a lot like the one you're describing. Mm-hmm. And this is a drawing. There was two of them in the Texas abduction case, and they are real lanky. They're real thin and they're real tall.
2: I would like to see that. I, I they had
6: really... big, 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 uh, big feet, and uh, big. Their hands were real big. They had real long fingers. hmm but that uh but this they even apologized to the guy they were abducting him and said, Excuse us.
2: And that's and you know what? When I was having my little crapping bricks moment there, I can honestly say I didn't feel fear. I didn't feel scared of them per se. What I was scared of was knowing that this impossible moment in my life Robert was now possible and I went through every scenario in my head and I just could not pick out anything that was more unbelievable to happen to me than that moment and it was it was something that absolutely rocked me because you don't expect your life to change You know, sure, I'm a believer in God and the devil, and, you know, I'm not religious, but I still have my beliefs. But when you have something that's supposed to be non-existent all of a sudden standing right in front of you in the middle of the afternoon when you're wide awake and understanding and clear knowing of what's going on, that one was a little hard to take. Not going to
4: lie.
6: Yeah, here. I just found the picture. Yeah, Yeah, they're pretty tall. Yeah, they they got uh, huge hands and big, big, long, elongated feet and uh, kind of small. Well, kind of very small heads, bald heads, slanted eyes, nose. Uh, yeah, I'll send it to you. Uh, I would like that. We got, got it right here. We got it right here on the machine. Mm.
2: Well, if you could email that to me, that would be absolutely great. And we only have about 35 seconds left before we have to take our final break of the night here on the Mighty SOR. We do have more questions for you from our audience coming okay. up as well. They, they're they going to get into this. They They love this topic, so I'm yeah. going to just ask away here and make sure that they get what they need for answers as well. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio tonight. Our guest is author Robert Collins. We're talking everything to do with UFOs, cover up, strangeness in the skies. What are we seeing? We will be right back right after this break. Hope you tune in for hour number three because we're two-thirds of the way done. We're on our way home right after this. Looking for a great weekend getaway this fall? Hi there, this is Dave Scott. Come on up to the heart of British Columbia for the first annual Spaced Out Radio Caribou Paracon, being held at the Spruce Hills Spa and Resort in 108 Mile Ranch, British Columbia. Speakers from all over North America are coming to discuss Bigfoot, UFOs, ghosts, and intuitiveness for the three-day event September 29th to October 1st. For more information, go to spacedoutradio.com and click on the Caribou Paracon banner and book your tickets today. Come to BC, where the paranormal is waiting for you.
8: The SOR Sightlines is a place for you to find answers to your strange experiences. Hi there, this is Mike Schmidt. If you have had an encounter with ghosts, UFOs, Bigfoot, ETs, or anything else that doesn't make sense, head to spacedoutradio.com and file a sightlines report. All information you give is 100% confidential, and I will personally help you find the answers you need. S.O.R. Sightlines. Your answers are a click away.
1: Have you got your Cosmic Passport? If you need one, tune in to Cosmic Passport on Spaced Out Weekend. This is Elizabeth Anglin, E.T. Experiencer, Spirit Medium, and host of Cosmic Passport. Each weekend, I'll be bringing you interviews and support from other paranormal experiencers, and the best in intuitive spiritual guidance from across the globe. It's all happening starting at 9 p.m. Pacific Time, midnight Eastern, on spacedoutradio.com.
6: Hi there. I'm Butch Wachowski, lead investigator with E4COP. On the final Monday of every month, you can listen to me and host Dave Scott on Spaced Out Radio's Strange Days. We're going to get to the heart of the matter when it comes to what's happening out there. People are seeing and experiencing things from ET contact to Bigfoot, and I want to hear about it. Your experiences are what we investigators need to help solve these unknown mysteries, so tune in at spacedoutradio.com to the final Monday of every month from Butch Wachowski's Strange Days. This is
1: your medium, Joanna, from Spaced Out Weekend, two mediums and a large. I would love it if you would come and join us with host James Tyson every other Sunday on Spaced Out Weekend. Together, we will take your calls and your questions live. Our goal is to provide you with a positive outlook on deep questions that you may have. Questions regarding love, relationships, money, or whatever else is on your mind. Come and check us out at spacedoutradio.com.
7: This is Eric Markham, news editor for the Spaced Out Radio's The Encounter Online. We have put together a great team of writers and journalists from all over the world to bring you top-quality paranormal stories, from alien encounters to the latest conspiracies. You won't find any of that fake news here. True stories and top notch reporting as we look to bring these experiences to the mainstream. The encounter online only at spacedoutradio.com.
5: Patrolling the Pacific Northwest, we are always on the lookout for the strange and unassuming stories that real people are experiencing. Hi, I'm Vincent Zunza from Pacific North Weird. Me and Alexandra Sullivan have teamed to bring to you those odd stories that never seem to make it into the mainstream story so weird that we will leave you scratching your head wondering is this real it's as real as it gets with pacific north weird you can watch our videos right here at spacedoutradio.com
1: become more intimate and interactive with spaced out radio join our space travelers club with your new membership for five dollars a month we'll provide you with special access to the website monthly prize draws from books to psychic readings along with monthly newsletter private interviews and more sign up today to be part of spaced out radio's experience
9: Looking for a place to advertise at a very reasonable cost? Look no further than Spaced Out Radio. SpacedOutRadio.com has an advertising tab that you can click to check out our daily, weekly, and monthly packages to play on the radio or our website, including social media. From commercial spots to banners, we have it all. Check out our competitive pricing today.
1: don't have time to listen to spaced out radio live wherever you are the car the office the shower or even if you're traveling we're right here for you each spaced out radio show can be found on itunes TuneIn, and on our youtube channel spaced out radio show it's the perfect way for you to catch up on our shows for more information just head over to our website spacedoutradio.com and tune in to us today
4: Did you know that Spaced Out Radio runs seven days a week? Hi, it's James Tyson from Spaced Out Weekend. Every Saturday and Sunday night, starting at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern, you can join me and my guests for some great chatter about what's going on out in the universe or even in that dark part of the basement you really don't want to go back into. Well, let's find the answers to your experiences together. So come on up to Uncle Jimbo's cabin on the weekend. For more information, look us up at spacedoutradio.com.
0: And on Facebook, Spaced Out Radio Show. Now, back to the program.
4: Welcome
2: back to the final hour of Spaced Out Radio. Tonight, I am your host, Dave Scott. Great to have you along for the ride tonight. Tomorrow night and Sunday on the program, we have Uncle Jimbo James Tyson and Elizabeth Anglin, who are here for Spaced Out Weekend, starting at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern time. I will be wandering off into the wilderness to find my zen, my chi, and maybe Sasquatch on Sunday. We're going into a hotbed of an area. Me and Mikey Smith, we're heading on out. He found a print today. May have found some scat. I know Mr. Skeptic on Twitter will like that. We may have scat samples, my friend. May have scat samples, but we're going to check it on out on Sunday morning. I'm looking forward to it. So that's what I'm doing this weekend. We want to welcome in everyone listening in on the United Public Radio Network on 107.7 FM in New Orleans and over 160 countries around the world. Great to have you with us as part of your night. We are also live on WQEE 99 Rock the Key Down in Noonan, Georgia, home of The Walking Dead, We'd really appreciate you sharing the show down there. I'm going to be on the morning show with Ryan here pretty soon. We're just setting up the date on when that's going to happen. I may have some giveaways for you down there in Noonan from Spaced Out Radio if you're enjoying the show. We're also live on KTLK, the Fringe FM, Renegade Talk Radio out of Las Vegas. And if you're listening in on Revolution Radio, remember the R machine is a donation station financed by you, the valued listener. Head on over to freedomslips.com and donate today. Bill Cardwell has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Potobrum Hydrosis. Hodobrom Hydrosis is your password. Make sure you use it wisely, space travelers, as Bill sets a password each and every night right here on the Mighty SOR. Now, if you want to follow us on social media, you could do so on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio. Use the hashtag Spaced Out Radio if you want to connect with me live during the show. Give our Facebook page a like, Spaced Out Radio Show. You could tune us in on TuneIn. Follow me on Instagram, DaveScottSOR. Find us on iTunes and our website, Is spacedoutradio.com, where we have a plethora of features for you, including joining the SOR Space Travelers Club for five bucks a month. You can read up on our news section, the Encounter Online, put together by Eric Markham and Everett Themer, and you can head to our spaced out radio store where we have some swag for you to pick up spaced out radio t-shirts. You can get a poster, stickers, you can also pick up VIP tickets for the first annual Spaced Out Radio. Caribou Paracon, being held in 108 Mile Ranch, British Columbia, at the Spruce Hills Spa and Resort. Up until July 31st, you could get a 10% discount on your VIP passes, which get, will give you access to everything we do during that great weekend. Come hang out with the weirdos here at BC and Space Out Radio. We definitely want to hang out with you. For the final time tonight, we introduce Arthur Robert Collins. We're talking everything to do with aliens and your questions as well. Robert, welcome back.
6: Oh, hello! I guess you're back again.
2: I am. I am. And you are too, my friend. I, I've got a, a plethora of questions from our audience for you that I would like you to answer, if you don't mind. Because we like to get their involvement. Yeah, check, their, check
6: your email now.
2: I will. I'll check that oh, okay. here, here momentarily. Okay. But while while, uh, while I'm checking my email... I'm going to get to Daryl's question here. And she is asking, did you know Ron Gardner, now deceased, who claimed he knew J-Rod the alien? Was he credible?
6: Oh, yeah. I think I remember that guy. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure. I really don't know a lot about him. I don't know him. Um, I can't really say, um, you know, what he saw. So I don't know if he's credible or not.
2: Mm Hmm. Second part to her question. What do you think of Stephen Greer and his claim that the powers that be will stage a fake alien invasion to gain control of the masses?
6: Uh, uh, Baloney. <laughs> Stephen Greer is full of those kind of stories. You know, the government is creating all the abductions that get reported and uh, running around in these... Uh, Reverse-engineered craft and uh, abducting people. I mean, he's come up with that story too.
2: Jeff is asking, what what needs to happen for disclosure, in your opinion, to take place, and do you think we will see it in our lifetime?
6: Um. Yes, yes. It, it depends. It depends on a lot of things. Uh, the government's not going to do it. That's for sure. Uh, will the aliens do it? Could be. They might do it. They they might just do it. Decide to, to land on the White House lawn. Right now, they uh, they're making a lot of noise. There's a lot of a lot of sightings. A lot of videotapes. So they're doing something.
2: What do you think of Stephen Hawking basically saying? that we shouldn't be sending out signals to try and find extraterrestrials because it could lead to the end of mankind. Uh, it's too late. They're already here. So why do you think so many scientists like Hawking refuse to acknowledge that?
6: Because they they got blinders on your most... Well, you know, what do you say? The most renowned scientists in the world have got blinders on. They're obviously not looking at what we're seeing. So how can you miss that? But they do. Explain that? There's no way to explain that. Let's get to Bill. They're Mills- just, refusing to, they, they just refuse to accept the UFO evidence.
2: Why do you think the majority of scientists are really refusing that evidence? Do you think it's because places like SETI, places like the United States government or whatever government around the world just continues to claw back, NASA continues to fudge film and photographs, do you think that's the reason why they're not believing or do you think it's just a a stubborn attitude?
6: Um, yeah, stubbornness and just a refusal to accept what everybody else can say. I mean, how do you else to explain that That's beyond explanation why Why do people do what they do? Um... right.
2: let's get to another question. This one from Eric. He is asking, How many races do you, Robert, know? Are here, right now.
6: Uh, pooh, 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 trying to figure them. It's uh, last time, I was told there are nine, nine races, nine races have visited this planet. That doesn't seem like a lot,
2: compared to. I mean, some some people are saying there's fifty. Some are saying there's up to over a hundred. Well,
6: sorry. I'm not in a race here. <laughs> no, un-
2: very understandable. Uh, getting to Daryl's question, she says, How many already control the government or are working side-by-side with them?
6: Um, probably next to none. Uh, the hybrids are hybrids. They, they don't fit in with the rest of the human population. So do you think
2: there is a giant hybrid population on Earth?
6: Uh, could be. I know the underground facilities they've got want, um, what, uh, are pretty big, from what I understand. Um, there's a, what's, that, what's that island off the coast of L.A.? Uh, Catalina? Catalina, yeah. There's an underwater base there. Because, um, uh, because uh, my my friend Bobby Morrison reported going there. That's one of the places he reported going to, and it's deep deep down underwater, and um, described the facility as huge. It's a ma- it's massive, and uh, UFOs have been reported coming out of the water near Catalina. I think if you check it, check the reports. But I think, but anyhow, that's one base. And they have a couple on the on the planet here.
2: So the, you, go, you,
6: you could, They 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 don't require doors. You don't require doors. You just go uh, through the wall. So there's no entry entry way into these facilities. They just go through the mountain.
2: that's strange that's strange right there let's get to another question here from Bill Robert how could you be so sure it was an alien craft you saw in your backyard
6: uh, because I saw the surface of the craft no no motor noise no nothing totally silent how big was it and if Oh, that's a good question. With all the bright lights, it's hard to make that estimation because it was, um, geez, um, must have been at least 20 feet overall size. If I would put a circle around it, I'd say about 20, 20, maybe 25 feet.
2: That's a pretty big craft to be that close to.
6: Yeah, well, it was right on top of me. But we had felt no threat. It was, I didn't there was there was a guy, uh, I had a witness to that guy next door and a neighbor who was sitting there drinking beer watching this thing.
3: <laughs> oh, wow. Wow.
6: <laughs> but uh, there was no threat. It was, wasn't was threatening at all. Very Very casual. Uh,
2: Claudia is asking, saying, Robert, you don't seem to get very excited about abductions. Are we watching, are abductions or watching ships? Have you had, besides this close encounter, many other encounters with craft?
6: Um, no, starting with, uh, starting in 2011. I started getting I well back in 2011 I got real excited. I've calmed down quite a bit.
2: Claudia has a follow-up question. How much longer do you think the government can keep denying aliens and UFOs when the population seems so ready for contact?
6: Um, I, I, I that is that is so unpredictable. All I know is the I can uh, is the behavior and the behavior, and the behavior says they're getting tighter and tighter when it comes to anything they're not they're trying to they're trying to shut it down as it said in 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 two thousand and sixteen, Obama spent thirty six million dollars shutting down all the FOIA requests. thirty six million dollars that's a lot of money
3: mm-hmm.
2: Do you think this they are shutting it down because of the fact that they are so much pushing the military industrial complex to keep it going
6: um, no no I think it's more i think it's more fear than anything else i think it's it's just a lot of fear and uh it it's there there is the military industrial complex. Uh it is the priority uh, program, um, uh, that um, these companies want to keep the technology uh, to simply make money. You know, it's just that simple. Do you see then a day
2: where, like you've said a couple of times on this show, that the aliens just made land on the White House lawn? Or is that just way too conventional of thinking that it would be that easy.
6: No, that would settle everything. That would say, if they did that, that would settle a lot of things. I mean, there you can't cover that up.
2: Do you then think that we have been able, like a lot of people suppose, to build a secret space program where we have traveled further than what NASA admits to?
6: uh no if we did we wouldn't we wouldn't be spending 3 billion dollars on the uh, on the Orion rocket program mm-hmm.
2: Well that money could be If we be had better. all that,
6: if we had if we had if we had things like that we wouldn't spend billions and billions every year on space programs that don't work right or or wouldn't go anywhere if we had any such technology. I'm just using this common sense. Mm
2: -hmm. When it comes to the private market on space exploration, we've seen a lot of rockets blow up. We've seen a lot of failures. Elon Musk is having a hell of a time trying to get a rocket off a launch pad do you think that this is some sort of sabotage by the government to keep them to keep us on the ground or maybe extraterrestrials
6: uh, say that again
2: well in the private race to get up to into space, we see companies like Elon Musk, okay, and gentlemen like Elon Musk putting billions of dollars into rocketry in order to launch craft into space but it seems like there's always some sort of catastrophic failure that they can't get off the launch pad do you think there is some sort of sabotage going on by the government to keep us grounded or maybe the extraterrestrials
6: uh no i just think that the government the government will do handstands before they say anything it's like the the left, uh, the left is, doesn't know what the right's doing or the left doesn't agree with the right. I don't, I, they're, they're doing handstands to keep this stuff covered up, but I don't think they're sabotaging anybody. Uh, if, the, if they could get, get the collective consciousness of uh, all those scientists and engineers working on the programs that Los Alamos and Area 51 are working on, we might have a starship. But if they keep it covered up it goes it's gonna go nowhere. Instead we could scrap all the rocket programs and build things that fly at the speed of light. I mean that's just common sense right so from from
2: your experience in talking to people how far away are we from actually getting to that type of technology
6: uh right now and, uh, pretty far. We don't have the expertise, and everything is kept top secret, uh, compartmentalized, and highly, or, or highly classified. And if you do that, you shut down all the research. You're gonna, you, you take people that could actually make a contribution to that, and you don't let them in.
2: What then are your thoughts on Robert Bigelow and his aerospace program?
6: Oh, I think he's a good guy. I, I like Bigelow. He's he's very interested in UFOs. Do you think so? Do you think he gets a little I bit think, of a bad given name? The chan- uh, given the chance, given the chance, and uh, you told him a few things. He might pump his money into a lot of things that he wouldn't normally do. But you've you've got to get this out to. You've got to give the the. Uh, public, you got to give the scientific establishment access to the technology for them to do anything, and the people out there, which have who have all the money, could actually do things probably more than what the government could do. You have all those scientific minds thinking about uh, reverse engineering all this technology. Right, but that's right. but that's not happening. But I'm not looking at reality. Reality says they're trying to snuff out disclo- any kind of disclosure, and then you've got all these UFO sightings going on, just the opposite of what the government's doing.
2: Eric is asking, do you, do you think that the Orion program could be just a smoke screen to hide black budget programs?
6: Um, well, you could say the shuttle programs was the same thing, but you're spending billions and billions. Well, how many billions did we spend on the shuttle program? You're spending billions and billions and billions on these shuttle programs, and now the Orion space program. Uh, where are you going to get money if you do this? Where are you going to get money from if you keep doing doing all this stuff and, and do, building all these rocket programs and doing all these things? where are you going to get money to work on the other programs?
2: Well, maybe that's what the CIA's heroin program is for, or cocaine running. They are the biggest drug dealer going on, so they say, allegedly.
6: Uh, yeah, yeah, well, I'm. I'm not going to get into that one.
2: <laughs> no, no, that's just me being way too... Way too conspiratorial. Everett has a question regarding Robert Bigelow. Do you think that he is in communication with extraterrestrials?
6: Mm, no, no I, I, I don't. But uh, uh, he sure. Um, I'm sure if the, I'm sure if they opened the doors, he'd uh, he would he would jump in.
2: What about his? Do you think Robert Bigelow gets a a bad rap because, I mean, let's face it, I mean, he we know he has an interest in the weird and strange and he's got the money behind him, but there's a lot of people believe that his money has infiltrated and really ruined MUFON and then with him owning, then not owning, then apparently owning again the Skinwalker Ranch, which has a lot of weird things happening you know do you think that he is a straight player or do you believe that you know he's one of these disinformation people
6: i i really i no i think he's looking for the facts but i don't think he's he, i think he's confused i don't think he knows what he wants to do asking
2: about the underground bases earlier on Do we know how many underground bases are around North America, and if so, how they were built? Uh,
6: Which 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 alien?
2: Yes, alien bases like the one near. I don't know.
6: Well, there's been up in Washington State. There was humming, humming heard coming from the underground areas in Washington State. Wasn't there back? back back in the, what was that, back in the 80s? That was back in the 80s. Were well, those humming and buzzing noises that sounded like machines were operating from underground and nobody knew what they were? Well, there you go.
2: There's also been that humming north of me as well. In a town yeah. called Vanderhoof, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There, there could be something there. Sure. As, what do you think that that humming is? Do you believe it's alien? Do you think they're drilling underneath underworld caverns to expand their bases? Or do you think it's more like tectonic plates
6: that are shifting around? Tectonic plates, wouldn't, to my knowledge, don't cause humming.
2: Trip has a question. He is asking... Since Robert Bigelow has Mufon, is he using off-planet knowledge, or is Mufon holding back any type of investigation? Because sometimes their information just isn't that clear.
6: Uh, I don't have any idea how Mufon operates, and I don't know what Bigelow does with Mufon. Uh, I don't. I don't keep, I don't track uh, Bigelow. I know he wanted to buy the. Uh, he wanted to buy the Stardust Ranch a couple of times and somehow that fell through.
2: Let's let's ask you a couple of questions about the moon. Do you believe the story that Neil Armstrong said on the emergency line, they are here, they are on the hill and they are watching us?
6: Yeah, that sounds reasonable.
2: So do you think then that, that that's maybe why we haven't gone back to the moon is because we were told not to?
6: No, no, I don't think it's anything like that. What would be your reasoning then? Um I don't I don't have an answer for that one.
2: Mm-hmm still seems strange that we've never gone back. Wow, well, it, it takes takes money. Takes money for
6: everything. The, the fact that the Orion, uh, the Orion program is supposed to be designed to go to the moon.
2: And to Mars as well, is it not?
6: Right. Were you
2: surprised when that whole Mars program that they were taking names for for a couple of years and whittling people down, are you surprised that it fell apart?
6: Uh, I didn't know that, no. I know they just chose, what, uh, 12 astronauts for the astronaut program? Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Let's get to a question from Everett here. He says, "We have talked a lot about aliens being here, but what is your view on the secret space programs and whether or not humans have bases now on places such as the moon or Mars?" Uh,
6: my my personal opinion is that it's uh, a lot of hocus pocus, exopolitics, uh, trying to sell um, the bridge. What is what is it the, the, the bridge or, or sell your bridge or, or sell you, sell you some bridge in some foreign country and then see if you buy it um, I, th- I think it's just a lot of hocus pocus i think it's nonsense because the basis in which which their books are just, uh, these uh, books on these uh, space fleets based on the bifeld brown effect which as we said before many times won't work in outer space it's an ion wind effect. It will not work in outer space.
2: Eric is asking, what do you think, Robert, of the Gordon Cooper claim that he filmed the disc-shaped craft landing?
6: Um, Ty, it sounds credible to me. Would you trust an astronaut? I saw I saw, the, I saw I saw I saw the uh, interview they did with him. It sounds credible to me. I'd take his word for it.
2: Are you surprised that when we've had astronauts and NASA people alike, whether we're talking, you know, Edgar Mitchell, Gordon Cooper, even down to Ken Johnson and others who have come out and stated openly that NASA is covering up the whole extraterrestrial phenomena that they have aliens have watched in ufos every launch that we've ever put into space what 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 is your opinion on on nasa really denying all of this and and in the most part the press denying from some pretty smart individuals that this is actually happening
6: well, it's what we talked about before. I said they're going to they're gonna do handstands to keep this stuff covered up for all the reasons we know about.
3: Hmm.
2: Are you surprised, though, that more NASA astronauts have not come out, but even the ones who have come out rarely get the press? I, I know they've been on Larry King. Okay, Larry King loves these topics. But it just seems like, you know, if the NASA pilots or astronauts are the best of the best out there, you would think that if they come back saying, hey, we had a UFO follow us up into the stratosphere or wherever we're going, that that would hold some sort of credibility in regards to it. I mean when you have a man who walked on the moon like the late Dr. Edgar Mitchell, you think that would have some pull rather than just on the paranormal or UFO circuit.
6: Yeah, sure. Um but I don't have any answer for that. I really don't. I don't I'm not a mind reader. I cannot read the minds of these people unless they have them to talk to me and I have not talked to them.
2: Is it something that, through time, you've just kind of waved your hand at, saying, "Well, this is just a useless, a useless track to go down, a road to go down, because they're not going to give the credibility or the time of day regarding it, anyway. So
6: why worry about it?" Yeah, and I, I pursue I pursue places and people that I think are going to make a contribution to what we need to know.
2: Claudia has a question. And, uh, Go ahead. Sorry. Okay. No, please finish. Okay. Joyce has a question here. Joyce is asking, do you think that aliens want to have their existence acknowledged by humans?
6: Given what's happening out there, west and with uh, all the uh, sightings and all the video that's exactly what they're looking for
2: so why do you think the aliens and, and this could be a hypothetical question why do you think that they want to acknowledge that they are here and why do you think they're being stifled
6: uh, it's it's a goal. It's uh, I guess they they think that if they get cooperation, they'll establish. A, uh they'll they'll get the trust with the population. And they're, they're, if they didn't want something, they wouldn't be here. Obviously, they want something. What it is, I don't know exactly. It could be they're looking for genetic material. I don't know.
2: Let's get to Claudia's question. She is asking, Robert, what do you know about our space travel program? Do you think we are already making contact in space with aliens or other planets? Do you think maybe Hubble or some of these satellites have images of life on other planets?
6: Well, Well, you see what went on when the UFOs are around the ISS they They try to hush it up and and keep and um, cut off the um, feed they cut off the feed and uh hush it, they hush up hush up the uh uh the event so obviously um we're not we're not making contact and we're we're not telling the public what we're doing <coughs>
2: How do you feel about the fact that one day aliens just may say we've had enough and here we go?
6: Yeah, well, that's that's your White House.
2: Does it have to happen in America in order to get full disclosure? Like, what if it happened in Canada, Mexico, Spain, Australia?
6: Could be. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, as, far as things that can happen, you know, it's just uh, speculation. I can't, I, I don't, I don't have answers for those things.
2: When you're writing a book in regards to this subject, how do you pick your topics?
6: Uh... <laughs> Uh, that, because those are the prime topics that are covered in many other books, and uh, I just happened to pick those topics. I, I can't explain how, how that was done. That was uh, this book has been through multiple editions. It's been upgraded, revised, improved, and turned into a Kindle. and then the Kindle's been updated. So it's been through multi stages of, of uh, improve, improvements over the years. And uh, and you're talking it, it. was the first edition came out in 2005. So now we're in the Kindle edition with the third edition and the uh, revision number one, two, three, four, and it just got updated again with uh, uh, FOIA. So I d- it's uh, that that's it's a process. It's uh, it's a long process that this book has been through. I don't do multiple books. I do one book and I update it. <sighs> so
2: when you are updating your book and you're going through FOIA, how easy or difficult is it to get information that you require from the Freedom of we Information?
6: To, we, taught, we, 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 uh, we talked about uh, Tim Cooper and the problems he's having at the CIA and... The documents are there. I just can't get them released. Has
2: any UFO information ever been found on Freedom of Information Act?
6: Oh, sure. Yeah, there's been a ton of... Uh, Bob Wood has a lot of it. and so It's all in the MJ-12 documents.
2: When you are writing your extensions onto your book, as you say, it keeps on going and going. It's a never-ending story here, which is kind of cool, to be honest with you. How do you stop from repeating yourself because there is so much repetitive information in this field?
6: Uh, Because everything that's that's revised the book is new. It's not its not repetitions of anybody else's information. It's information I have that I found or my sources have found. And the way it keeps updating the book.
2: There's a lot of speculation that a lot of these ships that people are seeing are in some sort of holographic or interdimensional form. Do you believe that to be true, or do you believe that it's just people trying to decipher answers into what they are seeing?
6: No, no they they appear to be multidimensional, but they're not. Uh, these UFOs are right over our head right now. any All over the country, all over all parts of the world, they're, but you can't see them. They're stealthy. And when they come out, you know, you know they're there. Anytime in this, in my house I walk outside, and it, tomorrow, I can do this tomorrow, uh, go outside if it's a clear day, and uh, shoot a certain area of the sky I shoot, and UFOs will show up. And they show up each and every time I do it. Mm-hmm. So each time I go outside, I can shoot UFOs over this house. I, you know... So they're there. You just can't see them. But they come out for the camera.
2: Do you believe then that there are actual people out there who have the ability to summon UFOs?
6: Well, it's not. In my case, it's not summing. It's, I got something in my right hand which tells them I'm here.
2: What's in your right hand? Uh,
6: it's a little, little thing I got back in January 2011. Call an implant.
2: Got to love those. It's been there
6: for a, been there for six years. Yeah. Have so ever- I I I, could, I keep it because it's a it's a good it's a good it's something to play with and learn how to use it. Is it
2: one of those implants that moves on you?
6: No, this one doesn't move. It stays where it's at. It hums. It does hum, though, but it stays where it's at. And, it, and it's not. It doesn't. It's not an EMF. It doesn't. There's no detectable EMF signal coming from it.
2: I'm implanted as well in the back of my head, and usually when I start talking about it, it starts to vibrate. It feels kind of cool when it does. It's weird. It's almost like it it likes to be acknowledged, as strange as that sounds.
6: Yeah. Well, this this thing buzzes in my hand, but I mean, I just I don't really uh, I don't really pay attention to it too much. Fact is, most of the time, I don't even know it's there.
2: Claudia has a question for you. She is asking. She is wondering if aliens and their ships shown to us in holographic form and wondering if they know how to, if they, as in the government, know how to do this. What do you think about that idea?
6: Uh, no. No, I don't think the government knows how to do that. We don't, we don't have that kind of technology or we wouldn't waste our time on rocket programs.
2: Eric is asking, do you think that the UFO aliens are a modern virgin, version pardon me, of the Middle Ages or where we were in the past, what we are seeing today? Say that again? What we are seeing today with UFOs and aliens, do you think they are a modern version of the Middle Ages? Like a lot of Let, let me... Eric, I'm not getting your question here. Um, that's what happens when you read the questions cold. Do you believe they are a future of us, or do you believe that that they are an entire different species?
6: Oh, entirely different. Yeah. Uh, from what I've seen, that if you look at the Eisenhower, the, there, there's a good eisenhower the uh, e b d the Eisenhower briefing document you've heard of it right yes okay if you look on the uh in the well, i forgot what page it is on on the descri- physical description uh, i said um the uh initial autopsy results they 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 have they have two two eyes two ears a nose and a mouth Two legs and an arm, but that's as far as it goes. Their internal biological evolution, their internal organs are completely different than ours is. So we didn't come from the same species. They're two, two different. We're two different species, and they're very. Uh, as far as the concern, the the two arms, two legs, as far as it goes, the rest of it is alien. You got to remember that it's. Alien.
2: Do you think then that and it that-
6: acts and be- and, it, and it acts and behaves very different than humans. It's alien. Anytime anytime you ever get ready to think you're going to meet one of these things, remember it's alien. It doesn't act like us.
2: All right, I I misinterpreted Eric's question. He's saying what he's asking is if the stories people told in the Middle Ages about fairies and the like in the past were their attempt to describe extraterrestrials. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah, sure. Do you believe, then, that we have time traveled?
6: Um... We can do time travel to the past, but we can't change it.
2: Oh, now you got me intrigued. I
6: don't know that. I know the, the new physics. The new physics says we can do time travel to the past, but we can't change the events.
2: Do you think we've already been there? Because there are people, whether some think he's a wingnut or not, like Andrew Bashago, who believes that he was a Child chrononaut.
6: Well, I can't, I can't, can't do anything about that.
2: But do you believe that we have, though, Robert?
6: That we have what?
2: Time traveled.
6: Um, as I say, we can go. We can, we can do time travel. We just can't change, change the past. We cannot affect the past. You can't change it. That's, that's been proven in a scientific way, argued, and it's argued that way, too. You can go to the past, but you can't change it.
2: Where, where are we setting this up, is, if it's happening now? Is it set up somewhere in Area 51 where we're sending people in the past just to check it out?
6: Um I I don't have any knowledge of that. All I know is the what the theory says.
2: BTO is asking, what is your perspective regarding the current state of exopolitics?
6: Uh I don't know. I don't get involved in that. How come? Cuz I have I don't have any interest in exopolitics.
2: Joyce is asking, some people have suggested that aliens are future human time travelers coming back to see us. Do you think that's out of the realm of possibility, if we can travel back?
6: And Then, then their anatomy shouldn't be alien.
2: Or is that just a, an advanced version of us, if it's, say, from two, 3,000 years from now?
6: Well, I don't know, back going back uh 300 uh going back to uh, uh 300,000 years, humans still had human anatomy. That is true.
2: That is true. Ron has a question here. When people are seeing extraterrestrials, are they just seeing the spacesuit? Is there something underneath what the classic gray would look at? What's your opinion on that?
6: The um, the, the the what the uh, say that again?
2: Are the aliens wearing spacesuits, or or is that their actual structure?
6: Oh, no, they, they were, that's their actual structure. They were tights, very tight-fitting uniforms.
2: I remember when I woke up on my abduction table when I got implanted in the back of my head. I remember seeing the hands. I remember feeling the hands. I remember seeing the heads, but they had this blackish-silver suit on. In you're talking with a lot of ET contactees or abductees, is it relatively the same story all the time?
6: Uh, yeah, basically except your story. You can look at that photo I just sent
2: you. I did look at the photo. That one looks much more menacing than what I saw. But the
6: same height, same built? Kind of the same build, yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's a that's a species that uh, isn't reported too often in abductions. Yeah.
2: Claudia is wondering if you have information that you will never share publicly due to your own protection.
6: No, uh, I, I have no secrets here. Right. Trip is
2: asking, "Do you think off-planeters use some sort of cryogenics when they travel light years to get here?"
6: No, because if you're if they, if they can, they can do uh, at at warp speed, which we we're talking Star Trek stuff. At warp speed, you can get to a star system in a matter of weeks. It doesn't take hundreds of years. You're talking moving it many hundreds and thousands of times faster than the speed of light.
2: Do you believe in...
6: That's that's, what the... That's what the... If they can get it in a functioning... Uh, reverse-engineered craft working right, um, it will be able to move at warp speed. In other words, it has warp drive. Any gravity will give you warp drive.
2: Eric is asking... Go ahead. uh, Yeah. Eric is asking, what is your opinion then on the whole ancient alien theory?
6: Um, I guess it's a, it seems a lot of it's probably true, I would imagine. What
2: leads you to believe that it's true?
6: Uh, because the events back then are, are consistent with what's going on today. The sighting events and uh, descriptions are pretty. In fact, is if what what is it the Egyptian? What is it the Egyptian hieroglyphics? If you look at some of the figures in those hier, in those uh, pictures on those tombs in the Egyptian tombs, you'll see a lot of them look like the big bug-eyed critters we see today. Same thing, same identical. Eric is asking,
2: how do you think they get past the relativistic effects of faster-than-light travel?
6: That's because you're moving in a a warp bubble. It's called the Alkaberry warp drive. And you can look that up on the Internet. And it comes from general relativity. And uh, uh, Einstein's general relativity, and Alkaberry developed it into a... uh, took general relativity and, and created that warp drive concept from gen, general relativity. So that uh, st- uh, you can, if you have uh, if, you can, if you can create and control anti-gravity you can move a ship at many hundreds and thousands of times faster than the speed of light. And you'll get there just like you do in Star Trek. I believe that.
2: I, I do believe that that you would get that, that the stars aligning and becoming just this big white tunnel. That would be interesting to see. That is for sure. No,
6: it, it the, the the negative energy negative energy creates the warp bubble. Any gravity is negative energy. It bends space time. Uh, it folds it inside out. It's different. It has the opposite curvature. Of gravity, it bends space-time inside out, and that creates a warp bubble. And inside this warp bubble, the uh, will move. The warp bubble itself moves at many hundreds and thousands of times faster than the speed of light. But the ship inside the warp bubble stays stationary. So the field around the craft is what moves you at light at many hundreds and thousands of times faster than the speed of light. But your craft itself stays stationary inside the bubble.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Do you believe, or what is your opinion on how far away we are on this planet from finally getting to that point where we will have an understanding of that type of technology to use it for our
6: own benefit? We just talked about all that before, remember? Well, I understand that. Yeah, we 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 talked about all that before. Um, about getting, you know, cooperation and opening up programs and uh, getting rid of the secrecy and, you know, putting all these hundreds and thousands of people to work and, I'm sorry, scientific minds... To, uh, to participate in this big huge project it would take it would it would probably be as big as the manhattan project to get this they get something that functions and works and moves that moves at war's fate
2: eric cooper wants to know do you think the aliens are using wormholes in order to get here
6: yeah, sure. That's negative energy, too. It takes neg- negative energy to open up a wormhole.
2: Well, my friend, we're at that time. We are at that time. Would you love to tell our listeners where they can find your book?
6: Um, it's uh, up on Amazon. Yeah, it's uh, called Exempt from Disclosure. And uh, um, and it's been um, radically updated and, and improved from what it was. But uh, as I said, um, Dave, it's only it's only one book, and it's the only book that's going to uh, be there. And uh, so I'm not into publishing multiple books; just one book. And it's and as I said, it's it's, it's radically improved and updated, and um, um, it's even cheaper than it used to be. All right.
2: Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. You can find that on Amazon, on Kindle, everywhere. Robert Collins, thank you so much for being on Spaced Out Radio tonight. What a pleasure to have you on the air with us. If you're listening in on the Spaced Out Radio side, you hear Mr. Ron Bumblefoot-Thall Rocking away to Little Brother is watching. Bubblefoot is the official sound of Spaced Out Radio. Tomorrow night and Sunday, we have James Tyson and Elizabeth Anglin in from Spaced Out R- Weekend. They start at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern Time. I'm about to go. I got my bag packed right beside me in the cabin. I'm heading off into the wilderness to find my Zen, my Chi, and on Sunday, I'm going Bigfoot hunting. I got to find it. They're in the hills here of Central British Columbia, and I'm going looking. If you want to join me, come on up. We have room in the back seat of the truck. I want to say thank you to everyone listening in on WQEE, on Revolution Radio, KTLK, Renegade Talk Radio, and the United Public Radio Network, and especially all of you who have. Take part in the chat rooms. I will be on with Eric Cooper on S4 at midnight Pacific tomorrow night for a roundtable discussion, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So I hope you take part as well. Come on into that show after Spaced Out Weekend with James Tyson. And together, let's get together. Let's have a party. And together, let's own the night. Help spread the word. We'll talk to you fully on Monday with the reporters. Have a good weekend, everyone. Good night.